Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk for lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for the lust. Blindly passing, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mark. Jesus for your kind and loving tolerance of our challenges as we struggle with emotions and feelings and regrets and all the different things that come along with our uh, time here on the earth. As we fall deeper and deeper in love with you and we want to draw in closer to a more intimate relationship with you, Jesus, and we do, we just ask you, please, to continue to anoint us with an overflowing of your love so that we feel in return a deeper love even for you if possible so that our desire for an intimate relationship one which we're talking to you throughout the day and one which also gives us great peace and pleasure to acknowledge as an intimate relationship to make it a part of who we actually are being a part of that godhead being in your presence father adoring everything about you wanting to truly please you in all of our actions all of our choices how we feel about things deep inside of our heart so it becomes who we are not just who we practice or hope to be we ask you to fill us with this anointing continue to draw us in so much more close than we are right now Place it upon our hearts and impress it upon our spirit, please, Lord Jesus, to sing to you in the dark, to put an extra effort forth into getting up earlier, like I did this morning. Um, I thank you, Father God, for the my knee feeling a little bit better. I'm not going to get into all those details, but um, I praise you for some good signs. <clears throat> Just a few days before I have to go back to the surgeon. So strange, I don't understand it. But anyway, thank you, Father, for that. Father, thank you for the computer repair. Um, Another mini miracle in my walk, and I praise you for that. And it's impossible, but 
It did happen, and it happened. And I just praise you for it. I pray, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every single listener of this show, past, present, and future, every single person who lifts me up, even by name, even just just by mention, uh, in prayer, I pray for a tenfold blessing of protection, divine divine protection over their jobs, over their homes, over their lives, over their uh, families, and draw them in closer to you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, provisions upon each and every one of them. Father, I ask you that all of the prior, past, and current listeners and the future listeners of this program, I pray in the name of Jesus that they are touched in some kind of a supernatural manner, that they will pray every day fervently with the, really with the tears of, uh, you know, King um, has Hezekiah, to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you, knowing that the parable of the workers in the vineyard did not place value on the start time of their um, efforts in the vineyard. And we just praise you for that and, and embrace it with all of our hearts, knowing that we're imperfect, we dorked up, we're going to continue to probably make mistakes, maybe I mean, it's the, the the possibilities are absolutely endless, and without your help, without your continuous nurturing, without you helping us to catch those troubling little foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship, and and we just need your help. We cannot do it all by ourselves, and we pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord, that as the lover of our souls, you will guide us, and Father, as he who we have, we're so pr- just utterly gushingly blessed to have come to a place in our walk whereby we have no other place to turn to. And for those of us who are listening to this program that are still in a place in their walk where they believe that they have control and choices to make and, um, and such in their walk, um, we pray, Father God, in Jesus' name, as part of the refiner's fire for each one of them, that you will bring them to a place. It's very scary to go through it, but we also know the, the benefits of it, the incredible and intense, overwhelming blessing of realizing that we don't have anywhere to turn. And that facilitates and amplifies and just overflows our trust in you, Father. And then is when our love deepens then is when our dependency deepens. Then is when our desires overflow us. And then is when we become much more like you, Jesus. And that's what we want more than anything else. In the holy name of Jesus, I pray on behalf of every listener that we will all be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth. Luke twenty-one thirty-six, and stand directly before you, Lord Jesus, at the wedding supper. In Jesus' name. We all pray. Amen. Take you home. 
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the chit-chat because we have so much stuff to cover, and I really would like to cover it all, if possible, tonight, which means I really have to haul. I really got to burn through the news. Praise God. But I did want to make mention and thank Jesus um, uh, this last weekend because I was having such show-destroying events occurring on a regular basis with blue screens of death occurring right in the middle of the radio shows. Well, I've had so many of those, uh, you know, blue BSDs that, um, uh, you know, since I went to Windows 11 and there have been, uh, you know, an, I, I can't even count, a uh, hundred updates at least. Um, and anyway, so long story short, it's just been a long battle. And these these last several have been right in the middle of the radio shows anyway of course that's especially annoying and i do know the re- i knew, do know the computer's doing a lot of extra work during the radio shows so that you know if something's going to tax the system and cause it to bsd then you know blue screen of death and then that'll definitely do it but anyway long story short um i had updated i spent entire the entire week and i i literally got up at like i was like seven o'clock in the morning and i was troubleshooting from seven till gosh well i did have to meet my daughter and that was at noon so then i got back and i continued troubleshooting around three o'clock in the afternoon i know i worked on it until about four or five and to, to no avail and then the next uh day sunday uh same deal uh started working on it again changing every possible driver that could possibly be changed i mean i'm <laughs> i know it sounds like an exaggeration but it really really isn't anyway long you know again very very long story short 12 hour 12 hour story short um uh i i thought to myself well you know the one thing that i haven't changed out yet driver wise you know just looking for anything i'm just you know just wild guessing myself and i i was uh i, I was like maybe i should just you know see if i should change the mixer drivers you know the yamaha um you know mixer drivers so I went and I looked and uh, was very sad to take note that I was already running the very latest version of the mixer drivers. Um, uh, and I opened up this little, it was, I don't know, it was, it's what they call a mini how-to. It's like a teeny-weeny one-page little, you know, read-me-now kind of thing, you know, to make sure that, you, you know, you put your drivers on right and all that kind of stuff. I normally don't open those little mini how-tos up because I've been doing computers for 37 years and I don't really need somebody to hold my hand. And out of the side of my eye, I see this teeny-weeny text. I mean, it's so small. It's like four-point font, maybe six-point font. And I'm looking at it, and it says, be sure to plug the mixer directly into the computer and not into a USB hub. And I thought to myself, no way. You know, especially on account of that I've been using the mixer through a USB hub now for years. Um, and I, you know, but I thought, ah, oh, you know, as long as I'm going to all this trouble, might as well. So I went ahead and got down on my, you know, knees and contorted pretzel-like positions and such, uh, fiddle-faddling and fighting like a, like my life depended on it to get this jack in, you know, this particular connector into the very last um, direct connect that wasn't on the front of the system. And I managed to get it in, and then I did a reboot, and I just about dropped over. I mean, it, I 
I, my mind was blown because the 10-minute boot sequence that was the telltale sign of a total disaster, um, so it, it went away. And, and instantly the Hewlett Packard logo popped right up onto the screen and the, and the system had fully booted, totally booted, with all the apps loaded and everything in less than 90 seconds. And I was sitting there going, holy moly, what in the – and I, I just I couldn't believe my eyes. And so, of course, there were several other reboots after that and this, that, and the other thing. But I was like, it's fixed. It's finally, finally fixed. Praise God. All right. So anyway, um, but, the, but the mini miracle of it, you might say, well, Johnny, you can't really claim that as a mini miracle. Oh, yes, I can, because I know myself. I know what I do when I troubleshoot. been doing this a very, very agonizingly long time. I have helped. I joke you not. I have helped. The last two – wait, did I do it with this company yet? No, not yet. But the last company that I was with, I was with there for 12 years, and they were slathering onto our uh, endpoints or our laptops all kinds of the extremely latest and greatest uh, security solutions that they could – I mean, I mean slathered. I mean, there was like probably eight security solutions on every single laptop. So anyway, um, and they were causing problems for me. I mean, they were devastating problems. They were keeping me from – meeting my client deadlines. It was absolutely, I could, it was horrible. And anyway, so I finally got in touch with somebody from the help desk and I ended up having to walk that individual through. This is a person that's supposed to, you know, certified and all that kind of stuff, trained up. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, listen, you got to believe me. And I, I, I don't mean to read you my resume, sir. And thank you so much for your kindness and patience. But I've been doing this for 37 years. I've been focusing on uh, cybersecurity solutions for 26 years. I've integrated cybersecurity solutions in some of the biggest companies in the world. And I promise you that this is the problem and this is how it needs to be fixed. I need you to do this and this and this. And he said, okay, I'm just going to trust. And he goes, but I'm also going to have to escalate because we're going to have to get somebody else you know, that's a specialist on this. Well, anyway, he did. And I got this specialist. I, now, I don't know these people from Adams. All I knew that this person had a different sounding voice. And I said to him, I don't want to read you my resume, but I've been doing this for a really long time. What I need you to do is that I need you to, I need you to uninstall this particular security solution from my machine. Let me reboot it. It'll clean itself up, and then we can reinstall it later. And he said, okay. So he took it off, and I rebooted and came back up. Everything was fine. He reinstalled the thing. Bam, problem solved. And he said, wow, that's really cool. Thanks a lot. And I said, yep. So I, I spend more time training the tech support people at the help desk of, of the companies that I work for than I, than I do, you know, actually benefited by, benefiting by the calls. Praise God. So, yeah, so I know how I, I know my I know my behaviors. My behavioral patterns are very duplicatable. They are very predictable. And so the very idea that I even opened up that little bitty dumb how-to, mini how-to thingy, and I spotted that little thing that said that, that's a miracle because I would never open those things up. I mean, to me, it's like, why waste your time? Because, you know, it's going to be like step number one, turn on the computer. Step number two, stick your finger in your ear and dial you know, uh, Mercury or whatever. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Kids, are you ready? Kids, when do monkeys fall from the sky? Don't be saying nothing about the yellow brick road or any of that stuff, okay? When do monkeys fall from the sky? Ape roll showers. <laughs> 
April showers. I can't, I can't do monkeys very well. Anyway, kids, what do you think? Uh, my sister can do, my sister Paula can do them uh, an ape perfectly. I mean, it's just, it makes me laugh so fun. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if she can do it anymore, but she used to crack me up. Kids, why shouldn't you punish a dolphin when it does something wrong? Because it didn't do it on porpoise. Get it? Didn't do it on porpoise. <laughs> Okay, kids, why do trees fail tests? Why do trees fail tests? Because they get stumped on every question. <laughs> stumped, come on. All right. I've been getting a lot of three out of threes lately. Mary Lee, you've been sending me too good of questions. I, I, you know, but anyway, that's all right. Praise God. All right, thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and plow our way through the news so that we can get into the really super awesome, cool stuff. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. God, thank you, Jesus. All right, so, um, oh, no, what's going on now? Oh, there we go. Uh, it's just a Windows 11-ism. If you put your cursor at a certain spot on any of the edges of the screen, strange things happen, and everything repositions itself. And they think that's a cool feature. And I'm like, get out of my face. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So Charisma News reports. Get this. I had to start um, I had to start out the, the program with this particular report from Charisma News, quote, AG missionaries say that Muslims are encountering Jesus in dreams at an al- – hold on – at an alarming rate. And I'm going to zoom right in on this. And it says, two assemblies of God missionaries are sharing multiple first-hand testimonies of Muslims coming to the Christian faith after encountering Jesus Christ in their dreams. James Bradford, the lead pastor of the Central Assembly in Springfield, Missouri, and missionary Dick Brogdon told Assemblies of God News that God is answering the prayers of Christians who are praying for Muslims. They, and, and they go on and go on and on and on. But anyway, praise Jesus. This is just one more. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For those of us who have been praying for people, for God, his angels to come down into people's dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction. Job 33, 14 and 15, King James. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And that's the way that we pray on the prayer vigil, uh, you know, providing I'm not giving a testimony about heaven or whatever the case is. But um, but anyway, uh, we'll probably get back into uh, I, I want to set aside some time to definitely be praying for the lost little bit more uh, in um, uh, this Friday night's prayer vigil. We'll see you there at 7 p.m., Lord willing. Hallelujah. All right, next one up. Everyone is injected with electromagnetic devices. These people are not going to stop unless they are stopped, unite, or die. Pound final days. Watch the documentary of the year now at StuPeters.com. All right, now, um, the only reason I'm mentioning this to you 
is um, Stu Peters does stumble across a lot of stuff. Um, he seems to be a really good guy. Uh, he's very confrontational. He really did a good job of putting some CNN people, I believe it was CNN, uh, in their places. Uh, he's a little aggressive, and he definitely doesn't make any friends. He's not taking any prisoners. And unfortunately, God bless his heart, uh, he um, you know, does actually fall for some of the counterintelligence stuff out there, which calls into question, you know, to, to to the normal passerby would cause them to say, oh, uh, this guy's one of them. Okay, but he really does a great job reporting uh, these things, you know, these final days things. Um, the unfortunate part is, uh, you know, he he seems to claim that he's a Christian and everything like that, but his demeanor well, anyway, so anyway, um, just another wonderful person that we can all pray for. Um, I personally, um, as a citizen of heaven, I am focusing as much as I possibly know how to do uh, on uh, developing uh, that secret place with the Most High, Psalm 91, and my intimacy with Jesus and my overflowing love for those around me, um, which you'll learn a little bit more about as we progress into that portion of the show. Um, there will be a lot of Christians out there doing awful things. Um, using guns, things like that. I pray all the time that our Heavenly Father will make those guns turn bright red and burn the flesh off their hands and that they will drop them and know that it was a supernatural message from you, Father, uh, that they are not to be doing such things. But anyway, that's I think that that is probably – that's my personal feelings about how it ought to be handled because they're really – these things are going to come to pass. These things have been prophesied. These things are part of God's ma- you know, master plan. Okay, so I'm not – I'm never going to pray against God's master plan, but I sure enough will pray that our Heavenly Father will show people who should not be doing things uh, by causing supernatural events to occur and turning them doggone things bright red and burning their hands and showing himself merciful to them. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Biometricupdate.com. Philippines government expedites digital IDs. So a lot of them are currently registering and they're, you know, putting all their fingerprints down on their fingerprint scanners because they want to get their digital IDs as quick as they can. And it's just a doggone shame, but it's coming our way. The government of the Philippines is hoping to expedite insurance of the digital ID cards of nationals with the Department of Justice urging the president of the country to transfer certain functions from the Philippine Statistics Authority to the Department of Information and Communications Technology, ICT. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, next one up. Hallelujah. The Russians claim avian flu pathogens with a 40% lethality rate in humans being cooked up United States-run biolabs in the Ukraine. I believe this. I know that Putin has absolutely no reason to lie to us. Um, and uh, I also believe, uh, with all of my heart, uh, that uh, Sputnik News, uh, RIA Novosti, um, uh, what is the other one? It starts with an N. I got a report from them later on down. I'll be getting with that one pretty soon. Russia Today, all those, some of the best and most incredibly accurate information. What's fascinating is when you watch programs like Redacted and Glenn Beck or whoever, they all start out like on the fence, you know, and they're like they're reading a little bit of Yahoo News, and all you should hear is, and they're reading a little bit of, you know, the Daily Mail, and all you should hear is, 
mm-hmm. then they're reading a little bit of you know something that the Pentagon said, and all she'd hear is mm-hmm. you know. And then finally, after about six shows later, they wake up and they're like, "Hey, wait a minute! All these sources have been lying to us." And then they start talking, you know, sharing the Russian news, and they're like, "I can't believe how accurate this information is." And then of course they bring on Colonel Douglas McGregor, Scott Ritter. They confirm it all, and then they're 100% bought in, and they don't pay any attention to the liars that are on this side of Babylon the Great. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Russia claims they've collected evidence that the avian flu pathogens and lethality rate up to 40% of humans are in the Ukraine biolabs. I just reported that. In this case, they have a map, and they're actually showing where they're located. And um, uh, also, I got a uh, report uh, from a person by the name of Charlie Kirk, sent in by a brother named Scott. uh, And it says, according to reports, Jamie Foxx, the actor, is now paralyzed and blind from a blood clot in his brain after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. Those of us who spoke against the mRNA shot were attacked in every imaginable way. I am infuriated that a decent person like Jamie Foxx fell victim to this. All right, but we already kind of knew that. That's what the cause was. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Canada Emergency Preparedness Minister informs of 214 active wildfires. 93 are out of control. By now, you can believe with all of your heart uh, that it is a probably more than double that by now. Um, I've heard reports that uh, Quebec has uh, one one particular article alleged or made made the accusation that they believed that it was a massive arson terror attack, whereby they thought they they felt that they had seen enough evidence to indicate that by the sheer separation of the fires and how they were aligned in Quebec, that it was all arson and all done on purpose. But we also have massive wildfires happening all over uh, Alberta as well. And there's four of them in Saskatchewan and um, some in Nova Scotia, Manitoba. Uh, And that brings us to this particular report that came from uh, NBC News. I know it's mainstream, but in this particular case, I screened it. And, um, you know, yeah, they're liars. But once in a while, they put out a little bit of... You know, stuff that you can tolerate. So I'll play this one for you. Here you go. Tonight, hazy skies are blanket. Hold on. Wide swaths of the country, from Boston to Philadelphia to New York City, where you can barely make out the skyline. Coffin, chest is tight, eyes black and open. And near Syracuse, an eerily yellow tint. In the South and Midwest, 35 million under air quality alerts as a result of high concentrations of ozone or pollutants paired with heat. And in more than a dozen states, 65 million facing poor air quality due to smoke from out-of-control blazes in Canada. Already this year, 9 million acres torched there. This is a scary time for a lot of people, not just in... Okay, I don't need to hear that shape-shifting piece of whatever. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Go back to Davos with your buddy. Anyway, um, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So the next headline up is... Jesus TV show actors defend the pride flag on the set after calls to boycott. Actors from The Chosen have united in defense of a pride flag on set after conservative Christians boycotted the religious TV show. And they do have all kinds of things where they're, you know, trying to, oh, well, this and oh, well, that. And most people are having nothing to do with it. And I kind of had a hunch that that was the direction that particular program was going to 
go. Um, but anyway, uh, let's just hope that they repent and uh, change their ways. Um, but you know what? I don't have time for that. I got way too much to do, including, well, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. It's not fixing the computer right at the moment anyways. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Another headline up is um, uh, this one here is from Raw News on Twitter, and it says several brawls have broken out outside of a school district meeting over the students' right to choose pronouns in school. And then it's, you know, one of the, the name of the school is Glendale. It says multiple law, law enforcement are on the scene as large crowds gather outside of Glendale School District at Glendale, California, over the students' rights to choose pronouns and several violent fights. It's blah, 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 and this, that, and the other thing. And let's go ahead and listen to a actual – somebody was standing there. There and posted this on Twitter of the actual event. So let's go ahead and take a quick listen to the chaos, mayhem, and havoc. All right, and oh wow, did they did they tw- they may have taken it down. I'll be dagnab. They surely, surely did. So this was screened out by Twitter, uh, and it is no longer available. So and the only thing you would have heard really is uh, you know folks. Uh, fighting with cops and it was it was quite the mayhem quite the mayhem all right now kids listen very closely i need you all to just go into the other room moms dads you got little kids in the room get them the la 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 and put their hands over their ears or just ask them to go make themselves a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or get some oreos or something out of the kitchen all right and for those of you christians out there that don't want to hear some naughty words I don't blame you, Um, but part of doing the news is dealing with that. And quite frankly, uh, when things get really bad and the roving bands of murderers and rapists are going from door to door trying to steal everybody's food and all that other horrible stuff while we're on our knees in prayer, okay, saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, make good eyes blind and good ears deaf. I pray for your divine protection and your holy fire around this house. Do not let them see this house. Um, You know, just... that's where we need to be, praying for the and commanding the demons to come out of those roving bands of of, of murderers and rapists and 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 keeping our heads down and being in prayer. That that's going to be some long long hours of prayer during those periods of time. I don't know where any of us are going to be during that period of time. I just I would like to believe that we're not going to be here, uh, but. I don't know. So let's be prepared no matter what. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now that you've all had your bad word warning of the day, this is a a recording. Um, The cameras are from C-SPAN News. It is a live – well, it was live. And um, it was from yesterday. And it is Joe Biden outside. Uh, making an announcement into a couple of microphones to a crowd of people. I'm just going to play you the audio, okay? Kids, you've been warned. Moms and dads, you've been warned. Sensitive ears, you have been warned. Here you go. This is this just happened, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. So I'm going to go ahead and play this. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Many things. It's proof that despite the naysayers, we can make meaningful progress on dealing with gun violence. Because make no mistake, sit down and you'll hear what I have to say. You think you many things. So um hopefully that reptilian will jump in the lake of fire. <laughs> it's where it's gonna end up anyway. 
So anyway, praise God. But hey, kids, you can come back into the room now and stop doing the la-la-la thing. But bring your Oreos. Bring your Oreos. You've been good kids. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, yeah, so what we're seeing here really are the throes of civil war. Okay, we're seeing the throes, the early throes of civil war breaking out in this country. I had a very long, deep conversation with my sister. She's really coming around. Uh, Gazillions of seeds that I've planted into her heart over the years are taking root. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I told her some more, even more advanced things, and I just said, and I said, hey, listen, Marilyn, check it out. Write this down on a post-it note, garble it up into a ball, and toss it underneath your couch. But when it happens, remember it's there, and go check it out. But anyway, long story short, um, just 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 all just a whole bunch of things I told her about the Civil War coming, and she agreed. She actually agreed that um, it would require Trump to be elected and to be, if you will, forcibly removed or JFK'd. Um, and I did mention to her about you know how interesting it was coincidentally uh that uh the first state of the union address uh with him sitting on the opposite side of uh, Brett Bear and oh, I can't remember the name of the other blonde lady from Fox happened to be at the Lincoln Memorial I mean Come on. But anyway, so, uh, you know, is he in on it? You know, go ahead and watch the documentary on Netflix called The Family. And you will note that the Clintons are there. Hillary Clinton is there. She's a nine-foot-tall Draco reptilian. Obama, the Antichrist, was there at The Family. So, oh, my. And we'll just leave it at that. Next one up. New York Post. Trump congratulates Kim Jong-un on North Korea's entry into the World Health Organization, draws GOP criticism. I find I find that very deeply troubling, okay? I really want to give Trump the benefit of the doubt. I just really want to say to myself, man, maybe he's just as dumb as a Ken doll. Maybe he's just 14 or 15 sandwiches short of a picnic. Okay, I don't know. Okay, but I can tell you this. Anybody who welcomes anybody into the World Health Organization needs to be put into a FEMA camp. All right, next one up. All right, praise God. Russia Today reports a wave of defaults looming, according to Deutsche Bank. Aggressive monetary tightening in central banks threatened the global economy, according to strategists. A cycle of boom and bust will return this year, and a wave of corporate debt defaults is imminent. Particularly in the United States and Europe, Deutsche Bank has warned. And they go into all the statistics and logarithmic charts and da-da-da-da-da-da. And the answer is yes. Yes, virtually every single show we have some experts, some major institutions, some collection of people or society or whatever, or financial strategists or whatnot, that are well-recognized coming out and saying essentially the same thing. Okay, so we'll just have to wait and see. We know that we are in the six, in, the, in the Revelation chapter 6. We do know for sure uh, that World War III is ramping up. We do know for sure uh, that the red horse is Russia. Uh, we do know for sure uh, that uh, things are going to explode on the World War III front. Uh, we do know absolutely that there will be a global financial collapse. We know that uh, Saudi Arabia is Jacking, going to be jacking up the uh, cost of a uh, 55-gallon drum of gas, you know, gasoline, um, uh, you know, of oil. 
And we do know that the result of that will be, you know, really, really, really expensive gas. Now, but see, here's the thing. It's not just that, the food lack. It's the sensors in the stores. It's everything else. It's the militant LGBTers that want to kill Christians. You know, it's everything happening all at once. And again, um, anyway, so again, we could sit here and, you know, analyze this till our eyes turn pink. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, there's just way, way too many possibilities. So let's just go ahead and keep on watching as we are admonished in the Holy Bible and draw in so intimate with Jesus, so intimate with Jesus, so much time. Spend that extra time in prayer, please, in Jesus' name. It is bar none. And praying for the lost, oh my goodness. It doesn't get any better than that. That is what our Father wants. That is what, That is like number one. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Okay, Red State reports, uh, the Department of Justice has just uh, put out another indictment of Donald Trump. They say that it is imminent for the indictment to be released, and it has to do, believe it or not, with the so-called uh, sensitive information that they found. All right, so they brought that one back up because all the other ones are failing, and they're desperate to get this guy. They want him taken out. They want him taken out. Now, it makes it very confusing because there are so many very powerful indicators that he's in on it. Um, uh, you know, I feel very strongly that he's going to be JFK'd or lincoln Okay, because and then, of course, you have the Simpsons episode that shows that as well. And um, and I like I said, I had that conversation with my sister Marilyn and she was like, no, you're absolutely right. He will need to get into the presidency and then be taken out for the Civil War to start. And for her to actually agree with me, that's unusual. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now. When you realize that there's actually like 100 different degrees of masonry and, you know, the Scottish Rite and all of these Luciferian groups and, you know, the Order of the Golden Dawn and all these other creepy, weird, you know, entities from, oh, it's just so horrible. But anyway, when you realize that they're always in multiple levels and stuff like that and they're compartmentalized, uh, then it starts, you know, they do eat their young. You know, so it could could Trump be in on it, but yet be it like several, you know, like maybe all of the ones who kill babies and drink blood are at 33 or higher. And maybe Trump is only 30. Maybe he's not Mason at all. But people say he is because he has plenty of hand signals and all that other stuff. The problem is you really can't tell. I mean, again, John F. Kennedy and uh, Jacqueline Onassis, the Onassis family and the Kennedy family are both part of the 13 top Illuminati bloodline families. Okay, but it doesn't mean that they tell every one of their descendants that. It's not what they do. They interbreed, they have babies, they sacrifice them to the devil, and then, you know, and then they promote some of them to positions of authority, and if they don't play in the way that they want them to play, then they assist in their eradication. And then that is how they are. All right. And and I, the examples, I mean, oh, my goodness gracious sakes, a lot. <laughs> there's books and books and books and books and books. I mean, there's a book by a man by the name of William Guy Carr entitled Pawns in the Game. And that's essentially what we all are. I mean, you know, um, Anyway, praise God, we're just going to keep on going. And next one up, FBI fails to hand over a document alleging Biden bribery scheme, Republicans to initiate contempt proceedings against 
this this Ray guy, the director of the um, FBI, Christopher Ray. Now, it did. There was other reports that came out and said, "Oh no, 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 no." And I'll just read you this little ditty here from a, a lady named Wendy on on. She gives a summary from Twitter. She says, "Okay, we have some crazy things to talk about. I'll start by tying up the news we learned yesterday. FBI Director Ray promised to turn over 1,000 uh, the 1023 on Monday and failed to show up and fa- and failed to turn it over to the committee." What he did instead is send it over with conditions that only Comer and Raskin could read it, denying the rest of the Oversight Committee the option to view it. Now, why do you think he did that? Because Comer is a reptilian, and Raskin is a reptilian. And reptilians give things to reptilians because reptilians know that they'll keep secrets amongst reptilians. So anyway... um, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking with it. All right, and it goes on. It says, as a result, Comer is mo- – oh, okay, so this is interesting because it says, as a result, Comer is moving forward with contempt of Congress proceedings. That's kind of cool. So that kind of almost admi- – uh, what is it? Uh, what is the right term? I, it kind of makes him not a reptilian. I'm just going to leave it at that. We don't have time to play around with um, – a thesaurus. All right, and then Ray, it says, Ray has 48 more hours to produce the subpoenaed document before the proceedings are set to begin. Comer has the ability to subpoena witnesses and testify against Ray. The question is, is if he will still, uh, uh, if he will still, that is uncertain. In other words, will Comer do anything against Ray, or is it just an empty threat? That's really what this woman, Wendy, is, is saying. Could that be true? Could Comer still be a reptilian? Absolutely. We, do, we know, do we know for sure? No, we don't. That's why we have to preach the gospel to every living creature. Every living creature! All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I think Jesus knew doggone well we were going to be dealing with vipers and snakes. Snakes and vipers, vipers and snakes, just like he was dealing with. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Today it says um, Artemovsk locals reveal how Ukrainian forces targeted civilians and took away children during the battle for Bakhmut. Okay, and it says Kiev's troops allegedly did what the country's officials and their propaganda machine have accused Russia of doing. And then it go and just gives oh my goodness testimony after testimony, uh, detail after detail of what they did and how they did it and how they slaughtered their own people, which is. It's their modus operandi. They're, they're Nazis. They have been murdering their own people and putting them in mass graves now for, what, 60-some years? Wow. All right. Anyway, that's another thing I just can't stand when I'm listening to certain shows, and, and they're sitting there, like I said, reading all this stuff, and I'm like, why are you even reading it? I just want to reach through and just shake them and... Uh, and it doesn't make – I've tried writing them letters. They don't read them. All right. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I've given up. I've given up. Uh, you know, it's, it's me, Jesus, the radio show, what I got to do for work. You know, uh, that's it, you know, and, and, and helping anybody that I possibly can along the journey. And, again, if you do need help or you need guidance or you need to ask a question or whatever, you can reach me anytime. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, at jbaptist777 at gmail.com. Feel free. I will not bite. I will not be mean. I will not say anything snarky or condescending, and I will be happy that you wrote me. All right? You're welcome to. All right? Um, I'm not some famous, you know, TV star or anything like that. Okay? Just please understand. I'm just some fat guy wearing a Hawaiian shirt sitting in, in a, in a two-story two home I bought a gazillion years. It seems like a gazillion years ago, back in 2001 or whatever, and um, doing a radio show in a place that I called the Golden JIB Studios. It was a, it was a uh, mock-up of um, – 
you know, the Golden EIB Studios. Um, and uh, I just thought that was kind of cute, so I did it. Um, and I have a little sign, a cheap sign I got. I said, welcome. It's hanging on the door of the office here. Uh, it says, welcome to the Golden JIB Studios, Jesus in Broadcasting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think that was kind of funny. So I wanted to do that. Nothing like having what's left of your eardrums uh, (laughs) blown completely out. Uh, Oh, and by the way, we just heard about, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read this headline. Very very important. Large-scale Ukrainian offensive repelled by by Russia. Kiev's troops have unsuccessfully attempted to break through the front line in Donbass, the defense ministry in Moscow has said. Russian forces have successfully repelled a large-scale offensive by Ukrainian troops along the sectors of the front line of the Donbass, the Russian uh, Ministry of Defense has reported. And I'm going to skip ahead, and it says, the Ukrainian armed forces have lost more than... 250 service members, 16 tanks, 3 infantry vehicles, and 21 armored vehicles, according to the MOD. Now, as fast as that massive, you know, whatever uh, offensive occurred and was absolutely destroyed, wiped out, and they were vaporized, all the equipment, which is exactly what Colonel Douglas McGregor said would happen, and Ritter and everybody that knows anything. Um, uh, As fast as that happened, lo and behold, what does occur? Well, all the lying mainstream Pentagon, United States, Babylon, the great filthy foul mouth, gonna be tossed into the lake of fire, because that's what it says, all cowards and all liars will be cast in the lake of fire. So I am so thank you, Jesus, that I am not working in that business. But sure enough, here from uh, USA Today, it says, more alarming every hour, Russians admit Ukraine gains. Is the counteroffensive underway? And then they give all these lies, 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 lies. And then, if that's not bad enough, then they tell everybody, they, the satanic, filthy, evil entities from the bowels of the pit, okay, are telling everybody, oh, well, Russia blew up the dam, uh, the Karkova Dam, on account of that uh, the offensive was so effective they had to turn. That is just the biggest bunch of balderdash and poppycock and foul uh, bovine feces that, that anybody could ever allow to enter into their ears. Okay, and and for one thing, the uh, the Kirkova Dam uh, that is to the benefit of Crimea. That's the water supply that supplies Russia. Okay, it would be absolutely the most upside down and mentally dis i'm just oh i gotta pick my words carefully but i anyway folks please anybody who thinks for a nanosecond that anyone but the ukraine and the ukrainian nazis blew up that dam especially because they were telling people publicly that they were practicing to try to take it out earlier on so they were already prepared they already had the HIMARS in place they had already planned to do it and they did it okay so and then of course we got to hear the drool and the dribble uh coming out of oh it's just so disgusting and but oh but wait now, remember I told you about how uh, Putin was setting up um, villages for United States um, conservative expats that wanted to leave the country and move over to Russia. 
which I thought was really cool. And then I found out this. Russia is, is about to roll out central bank digital currencies with a pilot and real consumers in April. So it's already in progress. The digital ruble with 13 local banks. Hey, is there anyone on planet Earth that can be trusted? Hmm. Shoot out in Tampa. This caught my eyes. I was just waking up, rubbing my eyes, and you know, folk trying to focus on them on the on the, uh, the phone screen and everything. And I saw in neighborhood. I think that's what it's called. Or no, next door. That's the app, which I try to stay away from as much as possible because. For let's let's just see that my reasons are too numerous to list. Now, all that being said. This person by the name of Ron says, yet another shootout, same place as yesterday. And then he uses a foul language, kind of a, you know, um, <laughs> you know, Joe Biden kind of a thing. And then he says, we have family over here. So I'm coming home from cutting the yard, stopped at the traffic light on 50th and Sly and literally had to run for it. Again, it sounds like a war. I'm caught right in the middle. I hear bullets whistling through leaves, literally less than 10 feet away, ricocheting off of things next to me and behind me. I'm so, and then I'm ducking and driving and hitting speed bumps, going 35 miles an hour to get the heck out of the line of fire. I know right where he's talking about, too. Anyway, it's probably happening in a neighborhood nearby you. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Oh, Papa got a pedal, Papa got a pedal, Papa got a pedal, Papa got a pedal. It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down, it's up. You know what? I check it all the time. I can't keep up with it. One second it's exploding, next second it's not exploding, next second it's erratic emissions, next second it's not, next second, you know, it's going to blow. It is. Do we know when? We don't. Do we think it's close? I think we do. All right. So anyway, I think the takeaway here is we need to really, really be at the ready. Okay. And oh my gosh, the chitter chatter that's going on out there, complete with Pentagon officials, people in the uh, European Union. Now there's still some well-known radio shows out there that are bringing on people that have been duped uh, into believing that it's going to be a fake alien invasion, but they're going to have to eat so much crow in front of the public. <laughs> hey, look, I know what the Bible says, and ain't nothing fake in my Bible. Simple as that. All right? Simple as that. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, um, I'm just going to take a second. I can't help myself. Isaiah 13. Lift up the banner on the high mountains. This is Isaiah 13. By the way, this is this is about the day of the Lord. Lift up a banner on the high mountains. Raise your voice to them. Wave your hand that they may enter the gates and the nobles. I have commanded. I have. This is our Father speaking. I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also commanded my mighty ones for my anger. Those who rejoice in my exaltation. The noise of the multitude in the mountains like that of many people. A tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of the nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts musters the army for battle. They come from a far country, from the end of the Shamayim. That's the Hebrew word for the heavens. When you look it up with your enhanced 
Strong's Dictionary, you will note that it's saying where the planets um, uh, uh, revolve. You know, it's talking about outer space. It says, they come from a far country, from the end of the heaven. The Lord and his weapons of indignation to destroy the whole land. Well, guess what? Isn't it fascinating that uh, Isaiah 26, 20 says, go into your chambers for a little while until the indignation has passed. What indignation could that be? Ding, 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 ding. And then down here a little bit further, it says, uh, Behold, I will stir up the Medes against them, and they will, they, they will not regard silver. And as for gold, they will not delight in it. There you go. There's one for you, uh, Brother, Brother K.H. Uh, and it says, and, as, and it says, And their bows will be dashed. Uh, the young men, in, uh, the, their bows will dash the young men to pieces, and they will have no pity on the fruit of the womb. The kids, the children that are in pregnant ladies, their eyes will not spare children. And Babylon, the, uh, the glory of kingdoms, and, and the Chaldeans' pride, and God will be overthrown like Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, you know, but anyway, if you scroll down a little bit further, it, it says, um, let's see, uh, every every man will turn to his own people. Uh, it says the – hold on a second – yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Verse 16 in chapter 13 of Isaiah. Their children will also be dashed into pieces before their eyes. Their wives will be ravaged. Now, by the way, sorry to tell you this, but reptilians, they like to eat people. And there's one other thing they also like to do to people. And yes, they do have the equipment to do it. And it's sickening. And I'm going to leave it at that. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to move on. Hallelujah. All right. Next headline up. Exclusive new poll. Huge number of Americans fear a nuclear 9-11 attack coming from the Middle East terrorist in through the border of Mexico. Oh, well, keep on fearing. I hope you fear a lot. I hope you can sleep at night because... According to my Bible in Isaiah 26, verse 9, the second half says, when, when my judgments are in the world, the inhabitants of the earth will learn righteousness. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Pentagon leaders give thumbs down as planned drag show at Nellis Air Force Base. Hey, that's where the tall whites hang out. Uh, Go watch the uh, Charles Hall testimony. Just type in Charles Hall in Netflix. Watch it. Him and his wife were Christians. Him and his wife went to church. And Charles met and hung out with the tall whites who use planet Earth as a type of a way station. They pull their ships in, and Nellis has set up a special location you know, out in the desert where their children can play. They have um, playgrounds and their moms come out and their dads come out. And they even send military people into downtown Las Vegas to buy all kinds of new clothes and get all kinds of mechanical equipment so they're able to affect repairs on their craft so they can go on to their next destination. They're known as the Tall Whites. Ugh. Anyway, very worthwhile to watch that documentary. Next one up. New York City Cathedral lights up for Pride Month. St. John celebrates LGBT community with its visual queer icons, according to the author. The only sound I really want to hear when I hear that is this. You know, don't you? 
downtown New York. With everybody standing around going, dang, what happened to St. John's? <laughs> Just a bunch of rubble. <laughs> oh, well, what are you going to do? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Jerusalem Post says, Iran unveils Fatah, the name of its new hypersonic missile. Now, do you think that Iran created a hypersonic missile? No, they didn't. Where do you think they got it? Russia. Yep. Does that make Russia bad? Well, at this point, I think everybody's bad. I think every one of them are filthy, evil entities from the bowels of Sheol. Do I think that there are good qualities in certain ones of them and that they might be at a different level of the pyramid of satanic, bloodthirsty, lake of fire stuff? Probably, possibly. I don't know. But right now, my personal choice is I'm trusting no one. I'm not leaving my house unless I have to. I know somebody who's very dear to me that helps me with the radio show who left her house a little too often and now is down with looks like COVID. Um, folks, it's dangerous out there. It's real, real dangerous out there. Now, if you have to go to work, you got to go to work. But I would strongly, strongly recommend that you get some very powerful colloidal silver, that you take it every single morning, no less than a tablespoon. It should be 120 parts per million. You can get some that's uh, made by a place called Eden's something or another from Amazon for like $65 for a gallon. Uh, And then, of course, uh, lots and lots of uh, immune system products, uh, vitamins and minerals and things like that. And I'm not going to go into all of them. Uh, I would literally have to read you a list of about 30 of them that I'm taking. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Praise God. Okay. The the news agency that I was trying to think of earlier that was from Russia that also puts out some really accurate reports is the TASS, T-A-S-S news agency. And this headline reads, Kiev regime plotting terrorist attacks in Russia involving a dirty bomb, according to FSB, which is the uh, you know, the, they took over. Um, it's called the Russian Federation Security Service, uh, but uh, they, they used to be the KGB, but now they're the FSB. Do they have good intelligence? Oh, you bet your sweet bibby they do. Uh, is it highly likely that they're putting together a, a dirty bomb? Oh, they, they will stop at nothing, especially because their feeble attempt to create uh, an offensive that they would need to hold up in front of the ignoramuses that are running Babylon the Great in order to say, look, we're doing wonderful things, and can't we have like uh, 50 billion more things? And, and I heard that they're, uh, they're begging for patriot, more patriot systems, and I'm like, yeah, you know, those things only cost like a billion dollars for the system, and like, you know, I, I forget how many, you know, is it 20 billion for the system, and then like a billion dollar for every rocket? And Russia took it out with the first try. The first try. The first time they lit up one Patriot missile. Russia took out the entire battery within seconds. Sure, send him another one. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, it just makes me want to rip my spleen out with a shrimp fork. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. World Economic Forum accelerates plan to engineer global famine. And get this. 13 nations agree to abolish 
farming. Well, seeing as how the people, kind of reminiscent of the original time machine with those strange Gorn creatures that were orange and were underground, and they'd all walk around kind of like in a trance, you know, like Harry Krishna's, you know, and just like carrying little flowers, and peace be unto you, brother, peace be unto you. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen the original one, but all of a sudden it would be like this. get this really big round look on their eyes and start walking to this underground cave entrance and where they would be eaten alive. You know what I mean? These movies are so unbelievably prophetic. It is unbelievable. It's, it's, it's absolutely like, as Jonathan Clark would say, I have to scrape my chin off the ground with a spatula. All right. Um, next one up. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. And here we go bacteria that kills up to 50% of the patients is now endemic to the United States golf course, according to the CDC expert. You know what? And it says that, oh, by the way, it covers 1,600 miles of the United States golf course. Well, wait a minute. Consider the source. It's a CDC expert. You know, that's like saying you went into the psychiatric ward that was where one flew over the cuckoo's nest was filmed and you brought out a sampling of their worst patients and said, hey, what should we warn people about? Oh, uh, you better warn them about, I don't know, some kind of bacteria or something like that. You know, it's like, oh, gosh, like I'm worried about that. All right, praise you, Jesus, hallelujah. Next one up. Not that I ever leave the house unless I'm going to visit my daughter over at Applebee's. Man, did you notice that every time you go out to eat now, it's like 120 bucks if you tip 20%. Oh, it's just awful. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Rock, uh, no, Barkat warns against Iran's nuclear plan. This is an official from Israel. Nobody, nobody in Iran should sleep well at night, he says. Okay, and basically what he's saying is we know that you're in possession. We know the situation is very grim. We know that you are an imminent threat, and you better not be sleeping because we're coming for you. That's essentially what he's saying. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, hallelujah. Uh, let's go ahead and, hey, we got some extra time tonight. That's kind of nice because there is an awful lot uh, to uh, share with you this evening. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, on that note, let's just go ahead and take a quick, uh, we'll call it a station break because, after all, this is the J-I, Golden J-I-B Studios, W-G. J-I-B in lovely Tampa, Florida. Come and visit us sometime. Hallelujah. We'll just take a little break, and I'll take a little break, too. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God.
right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, um, again, we have a gobs and gobs and gobs of stuff, which is really cool to share with you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Um, And I'm going to start out on purpose, on purpose, because I want to sort of like rewind and have a little bit of overlap from the last program to segue into this program. So once again, I am going to play Howard Storm, indeed, Pastor Howard Storm. Now, at the time, I don't know if he was at the time that he did this uh, YouTube, um, but he was when I talked to him for four hours, and um, he's the real deal. I'm not saying I agree with every single little bitty thing he says in all of his series of, of videos. I, I, I'd have... I, I haven't even listened to him. I don't care. I, you know, this is exceedingly important. All right, so let's listen to this. Ask them if there were other worlds, and they said, yeah, this, um, the universe is full of other worlds, and there are other dimensions of other physical universes, and those are filled with other worlds. This is when so he's in heaven, talking to Jesus and angels. In, in our physical universe, there's unlimited number of worlds, inhabited worlds with intelligent beings, and then there are other dimensions with worlds with them. So, um you know, beyond counting, beyond number, and that the action of God, the Word of God, the Son of God, the Christ, the Spirit of the Christ, has um, nothing is apart from that Spirit. And um, that Christ has been everywhere. Now, Jesus the carpenter wasn't Jesus the carpenter in every single one of these worlds, because um, in many of these worlds, this is... the our world is in the lower level of spiritual evolution. And in many of these worlds, Jesus didn't have to go to a world and be crucified and die on a cross for their sins because there are worlds where people were have chosen good and rejected evil and lived a life profoundly in the love of God and in the love of a neighbor. And so um, Jesus would, could go to these worlds and just bless them <laughs> and they were, you know, happily accepted Jesus. I mean, what a different, can you imagine a world where Jesus came and people said, yes, you know, um, we we knew and understood this is what you wanted us to be, and we thank you for being a revelation, and we've known you from time, from the beginning of time we've known you and understood you and tried to live the way that you have. Beginning of you know, time, take um, note. There are worlds where people are perfectly good and have um, no sin and don't allow evil to be part of their lives. Um, This world is unique because of the degree of um, not only temptation, but the willingness to um, accept temptation and failing the testing that we're in. Um, Testing, noted. When I asked to see what other intelligent beings look like, they paraded images of beings in front of me, and they started off as humans. And then they got a little stranger looking and a little stranger looking, and then they became unrecognizable as human beings and looked very weird. And um, I said, okay, I get it. They can be like shaped in very different ways fine, whatever, you know, I get it, you know, I mean, in other words, they, um, there's worlds where people have this kind of shape, but there's worlds where people take on 
on very different kinds of shapes. But the shape of us in this world is of little importance because, in fact, um, what's important is our spiritual being and who we ultimately truly are, our beings of light. Um, we're beings of love. Um, we are, um, in a sense, this tent that we live in now is not who we truly are. And in our immortal bodies, we're glorious. Um, in this body, it's more like a little pup tent or prison that we're in. Well said. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And that's putting it lightly. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Now, um, oh, my goodness, we got a lot to cover. All right. So wait a minute. Looking at this. No, I don't want that. Um, oh, OK. Wait, let me look. OK. So I grabbed a couple of the Bible verses um, because I really didn't get a chance to share those. I, you know, I made mention of them. I said, go find them, that kind of thing. But I thought I would go ahead and share them right now. So let's hit it. Job 9. Chapter 9, verses 5 through 10, King James. It says in verse 5, it says, Which removeth the mountains, and they know it not. Which overturneth them in his anger. He's talking about himself. Which shaketh the earth out of her place, and the pillars thereof tremble. Which commandeth the sun, and it riseth not. And sealeth up the stars. Okay, ask yourself a question. Remember we talked about the belts, can you loose the belts of Orion? <clears throat> Remember we talked about the, the fact that we are in a type of a hologram, quantum mechanics, quantum physics. Uh, even Einstein said uh, we are in a hologram, albeit a very convincing one. <clears throat> Sealeth up the stars. Seal. Seal them up. Why would you seal up a bunch of stars? Oh, get it? Yeah. It goes on in verse 8, which alone spreadeth out the heavens. You know, they talk about the Big Bang and that the universe is expanding. And here it says, spreads out the heavens, which makes Arcturus, Orion, and the Pleiades and the chambers of the south. Notice here. That when we're referring, when our Heavenly Father is referring to Arcturus, Orion, and the Pleiades, he also mentions in the same sentence, chambers of the south. What this does is this helps you to understand that to God, when he's talking about the north, south, east, and west, he's talking about different parts of the universe. He's not talking about Russia. He's not talking about, you know, that's this, this is indeed the number one mistake that Bible, I'm just going to call them Bible folks. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere else. Bible folks, you know, that want to sell you their story on the book of Revelation, what they think, they don't, they don't get this. They don't get this stuff. This is so important. It's critical. Without this, you cannot properly interpret. You can't, your eschatological assumptions will be incorrect. All right. Simple as that. It is absolutely 
unbelievably critical that you get this. And if you don't, you will never get the rest of the stuff right. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. The next one is Job 33, 31 through 33, King James. Our father says, canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades or loose the belts of Orion? Or bands is another possible word for translation purposes. Um, and then it goes on and says, Canst thou bring forth the constellations, calls them the Maseroth, in their seasons? Canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons? Sons of God. Sons of God in Arcturus. Canst thou, or do you knowest thou the ordinances of heaven? Can you set the dominion thereof in the earth? Think of this. Ordinances, what are they? Laws. Laws of heaven. Do you know what the laws of heaven are? Why is God holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty? Why does our Heavenly Father, all, he follows his own rules. Those ordinances of heaven were established before there were even angels. They were established before there were even universes and planets and stars and life forms and dimensions and all that kind of stuff. That was put together by Jesus and our Heavenly Father, and believe it or not, Lucifer, the greatest created being, he wasn't begotten, he wasn't separate, he wasn't part of the Godhead energy like Jesus was. He was the greatest created being. That's why the Masons refer to him as the great architect of the universe. Because he was there. All right. Um <clears throat> Psalm 18, verse 9 through 10, okay, says that he, our Heavenly Father, bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet, and he rode upon a cherub, and he did fly, yay, he did fly on the wings of the wind. He bowed the heavens. What did you have to bow the heavens for? Faster than light speed, warp. That's what, the, that's what Star Trek called warp speed. We're going to warp the heavens, and we're going to go light years in distance, and we're going to do it in about 20 minutes. But isn't it fascinating that our Heavenly Father does the same thing when he's in this hologram? Oh, wait until I show you some cool stuff. We're getting to it. All right, next one up, Ezekiel's wheel. Now, this is after it talks about, you know, all the different attributes of the Ezekiel's wheel. It goes on for, you know, paragraph after paragraph after paragraph, and the eyes and the eyes and the beings and the living beings and all that kind of stuff. And then at the very end, it says, in Ezekiel 126, it says, And above the firmament over their heads was the likeness of a throne. So God's throne was in Ezekiel's wheel. Its appearance was like a sapphire stone. On the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. We were made in whose image? Get it? Get it? You putting it together? Throne of God. How about let's toss in a really nifty uh, Bible mystery. Okay, this Bible mystery 
Um, oh, dog nabbit. I didn't put the um, the verse. Praise you, Lord. I didn't put the verse uh, here, so I'll have to look it up on another search bar. Hold on. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, Genesis 18 through 19. Okay, check it out. Listen very carefully. Most people, A lot of people miss this. I don't miss this stuff. I love this stuff. It says, Then the Lord appeared to him, who? Abraham. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth tree of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. Abraham. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. Now I'm going to start the sentence again. Then the Lord, our Heavenly Father, appeared to him by the terebinth tree. And behold, there were three men standing by him when he looked up. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, that's a capital L, so it's referring to our Heavenly Father, if I have now found favor in your, capital Y-O-U-R, sight, the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth three, and behold, when he looked up, he saw three men. <laughs> Here it is. My Lord God, if I found favor in your sight, do not pass on your, capital Y-O-U-R, servant. It goes on and tells the rest of the story about uh, Sarah, you know, being back there, you know, listening inside, you know. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed by the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure uh, in my Lord uh, being old also? Now, when she says, my Lord, she's talking about Abraham in this case. Is anything too hard then? Then our Heavenly Father, one of the men beings standing outside of the tent says is anything too hard for the lord that's capital l at the appointed time i will return to you according to the time of life and sarah shall have a son but sarah denied it saying i did not laugh for she was afraid and he said oh no but you did laugh exclamation point he is a capital h it's talking about our heavenly father in the form of a man Men, three men. Get it? Do you know how many people will read that passage in the Scripture and it will never occur to them? They'll just blow right past it, and they'll be like, oh, well, the Lord was there, and three dudes were hanging out, too. You know, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I guess they were visiting. You know, a little time travel going on. No! (laughs) I love this stuff. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so let me go ahead and take a little scribbly thing out here. Here we go. I want to cross off some of these things as I cover them. All right, we also talked about Orion and the sons of Arcturus. Now, what I'm going to do is take a moment and explain to you the difference between the other beings in the universe and sons of God. By definition, sons, this comes from eons of reading, a lot of books. And I'm not just talking about alien books or any of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about book, books written by you know, incredible, anointed, uh, godly authors, all kinds of stuff. And um, 
One of these days. Anyway, I'm not going to go into all that. I just don't have time. So anyway, um, it's important to take note that after an awful, awful, awful lot of studying, I was able to come to the absolute unimpeachable conclusion that a son of God is by definition a being that is created by the heavenly office of God for the purpose of working for the heavenly office of God. Okay, you understand? So Lucifer was a son of God. Okay, and uh, so are many other beings across the universe. Um, you know, so, they, so at any time they are created by the heavenly office of God for the purpose of working for the heavenly office of God, okay, then they are sons of God. But that doesn't mean that there aren't trillions of life forms out there that were not created created by the heavenly office of God, okay, um, because, and this is where it goes on to, you know, I believe it's in Isaiah 56, but I'm not sure it says that I, God, or something along that line, plant the heavens, okay, plant the heavens, okay, there are creator gods, some of them cre- create plants, so, you know, the, the gods, the Elohim uh, that are inside of Genesis 1, remember Genesis 2-4 says, uh, these are the generations of of the heavens and the earth, notice plural, 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 multiple heavens, multiple earth, multiple generations. When the Lord God Yahweh Elohim created the heavens and the earth, it says nothing about the Elohim that are being Elohim. That is like saying the word Kleenex. It simply means God. You got to understand the context. You got to understand. Look, Cro-Magnon man, Neanderthal man, the Anunnaki, all the other races. What about the trillions of life forms that exist out in the universe? Who created them? See, these things are all very, very important. Um, and um, to get down, it took me a long time. I had to really dig into the Greek because there's a lot of translations that assume that the man and woman being that are created in Genesis 1 are Adam and Eve, and they are incorrect. I had to look into the Septuagint. I, it took me four hours of deep dive digging into the original text of the Bible to realize how many translations injected the concept of them being Adam and Eve. They're not. Okay, praise God, thank you, Jesus. So that's really important to get off our plates so that we can move on to the fact that these, it is a type of an allegory, it's type of a metamor, it's a type of, it's a way for God to express the fact that there are generations of, God creates the heaven. Look, it says that God's going to destroy the heavens and the earth, doesn't it? It says God's going to consume the earth with fire. He's going to burn up the heavens and destroy the heavens, and he's going to create a new heavens and a new earth. What would he do that for? What would he do that for? What would be the purpose? Then you read Ecclesiastes 1.9, and you see that everything is a cycle. Everything happens over and over again. So you go to Ecclesiastes 1.9, and it's and we'll jump over there real quick. It says ECC 1.9, 1 space 9, and it says, That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Anything of what it may be said, see, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things. 
nor will there be any remembrances of things that are to come by those who will come after. Now, that's some deep stuff there, man. That kind of gives me the feeling that sometimes beings in the universe are naughty, that wars in heavens don't necessarily happen just once. I know that Satan gets left out a second time after the New Jerusalem adorned as a bride comes down, um, and the second Magog and Magog thing happens. But what about after that? Now we know that Satan and all and Fauci and Gates and you know uh, uh, Klaus Schwab and all these other entities and half of half of the American Congress they all get cast in the lake of fire. Oh, all the news media is going to the lake of fire, pretty much. So um, that's a lot of people. But anyway, I, I like I said, I pray in Jesus' name, and I hope from the very deepest bottom of my heart that. I will be adorned as a bride, transformed totally into a light being like Jesus and living inside the New Jerusalem, which is humongous. I mean, and and what do you think the people on the earth are going to say when they see a bejeweled, cube-shaped, gigantic spaceship the size of the United States descending upon the earth? You know what they're going to say. Hopefully they're going to say, hey, that Johnny Baptist guy's probably on there. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, anyway, on that note, let's all go ahead and – oh, there's so many more. All right. So let me go ahead and cross this off the list. We talk about the Orions, the Belt of Orions. Now, I, what I wanted to do is also recover the stuff that I covered briefly and in big hurry uh, from the book that I bought for 30 bucks from Amazon back when the Lord turned me on to it. UFOs, aliens, impregnated women, extraterrestrials, and God. Sex with reptilians, aliens, motherhood in the Bible, abductions, and hybrids. Now, this is a big book. covers a lot of material. covers a lot of stuff that Gary Wayne talks about. Gary Wayne would love this book. Um, but anyway, so once again, I'm going to – now, remember – an Orion, a star system, can you imagine how big, look at the Milky Way galaxy. Here, here, let's, let's go ahead and do the exercise, okay? Let's not hypothesize, let's actually do the exercise. How big is the Milky, Milky Way galaxy? There it is. Oh my goodness. Okay, so just so you get the teeniest, weeniest little nanoparticle-sized feeling about how big our existence is, how big all this is, how big the kingdom of heaven is, uh, sorry, uh, the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God, by the way, is everything. It's all the universes, all the dimensions, all the quadrillions of, of, of uh, galaxies that are out there. Well, you know the Milky Way galaxy, the one that's right here in our quantum physics containment zone? You know how long it takes you to get from one side to the other? 100,000 light years. Unless you knew how to bow the heavens. 100,000 light years. So at the speed of light, 100,000 years, you come to the other side. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that says a lot to me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, I, I praise the Lord that we're able to uh, talk about some of these things in a, in a slightly greater, um, you know, with more information, because I really think expanding the understanding and comparing it against 
you know, facts and figures really just explodes how awesome this whole thing is. It just explodes it. It just explodes it. Okay, so there's that. And, of course, I found in this, you know, book that I got for 30 bucks, but then was uh, it went literally out of print within months, a couple of months after I bought it. And um, now if you can find it secondhand, it's, it, last time I did, it was about 720 bucks. I've seen it higher out there. So it is clearly one of the most popular out-of-print books in the world. And it says here on page, uh, looks like I'm going to focus my eyes, 83, it talks about Orion. Now remember, when you're talking about a particular star system like the Sirius A, see, think about this. Remember I told you about the Molly, the, the, the book called The Sirius Mystery, one of the best books you would ever invest your money in. Very in-depth research. A guy took like 30 years to write it, has been in all the advanced TV shows, uh, you know, or I'm sorry, radio shows and everything, promoting his work. Absolutely fabulous, utterly unimpeachable. And he, the star, one of the major stars of the book is the uh, Dogon tribe in Mali, West Africa, who dress up like alien creatures, and they had um, star system plots written, you know, in on their tablets that described the Sirius A, the Sirius B, and the Sirius C star system back in the 1800s, before they had a telescope that they were able to see Sirius B and Sirius C. But the Dogon had it all mapped out on some kind of stone tablets or something way back into the 1800s. And they've been doing this Uga Chaga Mayan thing and Uga Chaga, Uga Chaga, and dancing around like these aliens for like forever. All right. Now, but it's important to note that a star system is very big. Our, let's look at ours, for example, shall we? Our star system, our solar system, is a yellow dwarf solar system. And... There's this distance associated with astronomy or astrophysics known as an astronomical unit. An astronomical unit is a unit of measure, and it is the distance between planet Earth and the sun. An astronomical unit is 93 million miles, 93 million miles, okay? It's important to get your arms around that. All right, now, and we're just one little yellow dwarf solar system. I mean, we're a little pittance of a solar system, really, in the grand scheme of things. And we're a binary star system, and we have another solar system inside of our solar system right now. And you might say, well, why aren't the planets crashing into each other? 93 million miles from the Earth to the sun. That's why people see, have been seeing second suns like crazy all over the place. Because planet X Nibiru, the failed brown dwarf star, it, it, when it, when a yellow dwarf star, which it most not, I don't know what the actual percentage is, but it was estimated that a large percentage of the yellow dwarf solar systems inside the Milky Way galaxy were binary, meaning that it was two yellow dwarf stars with a collection of planets orbiting around them. And then the two yellow dwarf stars would orbit 
around each other. So you would basically have two solar systems with a yellow dwarf star orbiting around each other with, de- with differing periodicities. Okay, this particular Nibiru, Planet X, the destroyer, whatever you want to call it, destroyer of nations, the horrible star, Second Israel 15, verse 40, 48, uh, 40 to 48, um, the... the the periodicity, people argue about the periodicity all day long, and I'm not going to get into that. I think that the ancient Sumerians had it locked down pretty tight. I believe the ancient Sumerians had it correct, and I believe it is 3,600 years, period, end of story. Now, if somebody else wants to believe it wasn't, and, and maybe it was a, a lot more frequently than that, or frequent than that, fine. That's cool. You know, like I said, if you want to believe the Earth is shaped like a hexahedron or a, uh, a pink-purple polka-dotted elephant, then that's totally cool. I'm only concerned about things that matter that, that'll stop somebody from making it to heaven. That's it. That's all I care about. All right. That we all, and also, also getting people on the barley harvest because of how horrible things are going to become on the earth. I wouldn't wish that on. I, I couldn't. I, I have the love of Jesus overwhelming me. I praise God for it. I'm not deservant of it. Um, anyway, no, I, I can't even imagine it. I, I, my mission in life right now, my every breathing, waking, praying moment has to be focused on what? Getting people out of here, getting people away from this place. This place is going to be horrible. It's just going to be so horrible. I hope I'm not even here, and I hope you're not even here for central bank digital currencies. Oh, my goodness, or digital IDs, or having our money, all of our money taken away and not being able to support ourselves or pay our mortgage and all that other horrible stuff. I don't want to be here for that. I hope that I'm praying in the name of Jesus that we are found worthy to escape these things and be at the wedding supper. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We're, you know, all right. But anyway, in, in this little snippet in this book, it talks about Orion. And once again, I'm going to read it to you again. It says, other sources claim that the Orion Nebula is a cosmic doorway to infinity or the realm of the creator, which transcends time, space, the time, space, matter universe, the hologram. And which is, in fact, surrounded by the physical universe, uh, the one that's not a hologram. And it says, some um, uh, some uh, claim that a huge, beautifully illuminated multicolored light has emerged from the Orion Nebula and is on an intercept course with the Earth. All right. And uh, I find that very interesting. And then, of course, he expounds on possibilities uh, about Revelation 12 and several other places. But they refer to it, by the way, as the Eternity Gate. Isn't that fascinating? It says right here, uh, this might may explain why... Um, Uh, It's very hard for me to read this right now. The alleged presence of the Draconians in the Orion constellation, although certain human groups have also alleged, uh, will become curious of the, quote, eternity gate as well. Okay, so they're interested in going through the belt of Orion. But also, I think it's important to re-mention uh, the book that is entitled uh, Defending Sacred Ground, according to Robert Vandrius Mitchell, the CIA, and other three-letter agencies that are probably holding cosmic or above 
clearances, which would be top secret TS, T, uh, TSI or whatever. Um, uh, um, but anyway, it says, and I'll read it again. It says that um, Collier says, uh, Alex Collier says that the benevolent species of alien beings said that we, the human race, as a product of extraterrestrial genetic manipulation. So what if, well, it would be extraterrestrial, wouldn't it? Because he who created us, right, wasn't from Earth. So that's pretty much accurate. Um, are possessors of a vast gene pool consisting of many different racial memory banks, also consisting of at least 22 different races. Remember, God reached down and grabbed the dust of the earth. How many hundreds of thousands of different species of alien beings have lived on the earth? Atlantis, Lemuria, Muir, the Anunnaki go back 400,000 years when they were here uh, mining for gold and dorking around with the genetics of the reptilian races causing the Nagas and the ones that live underneath Los Angeles and the ones that are underneath the Mormon Tabernacle and the ones that were in the Chilean mine disaster that they had to send the National uh, Aeronautics and Space Administration down to run the entire show to rescue the Chilean miners, the Los 33, because they were being eaten by reptilian beings. Anyway, praise God. But then it it, it goes on to say, because of our genetic heritage and because we are spirit, the benevolent extraterrestrial races actually view us as being royalty in the universe. And that's, by the way, is why 1 Peter 2.9 said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. All right. Praise God. That's pretty incredible. When I read that, I just about, I was like, holy, wow. All right, praise God. So then, all right, so again, if you want to get uh, just bombarded with um, incredible amounts of scripture, um, you can go type in Satan's Rebellion. Um, and let me just go up to the tippity top. Satan's Rebellion and Fall from Grace. And then type in Luganbill. L-U-G-I-N-B-I-L-L. Now, I will tell you, it's not because I don't love him in Christ, but I don't agree with all of his conclusions. As a matter of fact, I know a whole bunch of them are wrong. But that, all that being said, he did one of the most fabulous jobs on planet Earth, uh, of capturing all of the scriptures that are associated with the angels and stuff like that. Some of his conclusions about the angels and all that kind of stuff, while backed by scripture, are, I'm sorry, but they're not accurate. Okay, now all that being said, um, that's okay. Uh, you know, he was going strictly by the Bible, and just like uh, J. Vernon McGee said in his book, Through the Bible, he said, God hath not given us all the details. In fact, God hath given us very few details about the earth prior to Genesis 2, I mean 1 verse 2. 
All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So again, um, but on the Luganbill's first main page, he goes into uh, Satan's original status and how he was a created being. He gives you uh, Ezekiel 28, tons of scriptures. My goodness gracious. About the, he talks about the Morningstar office. There's some confusion about Jesus being in charge of Morningstar and then uh, Lucifer being in charge of Morningstar. Well, the, as the understanding goes... The Lucifer was placed temporarily in charge of the Morningstar office, which basically is a collection of galaxies. So when it says that he jumped from flaming ball of fire to flaming ball of fire, that's simply meaning that he moved from one star system to another through the universe. Okay? Simple as that. It's really easy. It's not, you don't have to make it complicated. It's right there. All right? So... um you know, there's just some, it says right here, walking amidst the stones of fire, Ezekiel 28, verses 14 and 16. He's Lucifer, Satan, walking amongst the stones of fire. Those are sons. Arcturus. <laughs> Andromeda. Okay. Anyway. So anyway, I did want to share that with you if you wanted to go do a deep dive study on the scriptures in the Holy Bible regarding that. Okay. And oh, by the way, he also gets in to the angel wars and some of that other stuff, which is what happened in the gap theory. Okay. So that's why God came back and he recreated the earth. Okay. It's I'm not going to get into the gap theory. That's a whole other teaching. I have tons and tons of articles on tribulationdeathnow.org about that. Um, I, I just, I'm sorry. It's a whole other three-hour show. All right. So anyway, so I'm going to keep on going. But before I go there, I want to go and tackle with what little time that we have left, um, our pre-existence. This is very important because without understanding our pre-existence, you cannot understand an untold number of mysteries in the Holy Bible. Okay? That's just how it is. So right now I'm going to go to tribulationnow.org. I'm sorry, tribulation-now.org. All right. Praise Jesus. And let me see if I can get, get it to come up. Sometimes, hold on a second. Let me see. It may be down for all I know. Oh, wow. Looks like it is now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and bring up another browser, see if that brings it up. And if that doesn't bring it up, then it's probably just taken down by the forces of darkness. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No, no, it's up. So it's just a foible or an issue with Chrome. No biggie. All right. Now, uh, on that site, tribulation-now.org, which is my site, which will probably be the reason why big black uh, uh, um, SUVs with uh, people in paramilitary outfits come to my house on my, my, my house someday. Uh, but anyway, um, there are two articles in the main menu. Uh, one is entitled Angel Wars and the Original Sin Part 1, and the other one is called Angel Wars and the Original Sin Part 2. Okay, and there are, oh my goodness, there is so so, so, so much information. I do not know if the links to the radio shows are still working. The one where I joined Zen Garcia on Daniel Ott AM so many gazillions of years ago, it's like, you know, I, it's long, long time ago. All right, but there's lots of really great um, uh 
Bible verses that are referred to. It talks about the creator gods, talks about Lucifer playing God, talks about God imposing judgment in Psalm 82, uh, all that kind of stuff. All right. Praise God. Now, um, the other article uh, is, and wow, okay, there we go. The other one is part two, and in part two, um, uh, you will discover another very long article. And one of the things, one of the features of this article, by the way, I put I put a graphic in there to try to explain the timeline and all that kind of stuff. The graphic is probably full of errors right now because this is such an old, old, old article. But anyway, what's really fascinating is um, – uh, hold on a second. Let me see if I can find this. Oh, gosh, there's so much stuff in here. This is such a huge article. must have taken me hours and hours and hours, hours and hours. Um, oh, wow, it's got a link for Angel Wars and the Fallen Creators with uh, Pastor Ken Klein in here. I wonder if that link works. No way. There's no way it's going to work. Let me try it. Open in a new tab. Hmm. I don't know. It acts like it's going to play. Oh, my gosh. It is going to play. Angel Wars and the Fallen Creators. The link is still good. Ken Klein Productions. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. <laughs> I got to go back and listen to that. There's some good stuff in there. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And that's in Angel Wars in the Original Sin Part 2 at tribulation-now.org. All right. Praise God. I'm going to zoom in a little bit. But think about this. How would you answer these questions if, if an unbeliever asked you these questions? Question number one. If God really loves us, loves us then why do so many people have to suffer? If God really loves us, then why doesn't he destroy evil and the devil? Why are some people born into easy lives and other people born into difficult lives? Did all of humanity have to redeem itself because a woman ate a piece of fruit 6,000 years ago? Why are we born into sin? How is it possible we were sinners by birth? Why is mankind so important to God that there are billions of stars in the universe? When? When? When there are billions of stars in the universe? Which goes back to the scripture in Job where it says, Who art man that thou art mindful of him? Which, by the way, is one of the number one reasons why scientifically minded unbelievers can't accept that there can be anything other than a creator God and that he would want any kind of a personal relationship because they don't understand who we are. Another one. Why is uh, yeah yeah? I feel like I had a past life. Says somebody to you. Why do I feel like I've existed in a past life? And that also explains, by the way, why Buddhism and the concept of reincarnation is so popular. Reincarnation. All Satan had to do is add the word re in front of it, and guess what? It was satanic, and it was a lie from the devil. Take away the word re, and guess what you got? Incarnation, which is a fundamental part of our existence. Thank you, Jesus. And the last question is, if, is there a such thing as reincarnation? And if not, how can, how can the Bible say that John the Baptist was Elijah? If you can receive it. 
All right. Anyway, and of course, Matthew ten thirty four, Jesus said to the Pharisees and whoever was standing there, have I, have, does it not say in your law that I have said that ye are gods, little g? Referring to Psalm 82, we already covered that. In Psalm 82, it says God judges amongst the, 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 the mighty. He judges amongst the gods, you know, he, and then at the end he says, have I not said ye are gods, and you are children of the Most High, sons of God, but you shall die like men? I don't know about you. There's only way, there's only one way, a God. A God that's going to live forever. A minor God created by God can die like a man. And that is to enter into a man body. Because man, albeit we are made fearfully and wonderfully, in God, our Heavenly Father's image, Jesus' image, yes, that is true. But we are in men bodies, just like the Lord was when he was talking to Abraham and Sarah. Just like the two angels that went to Lot's house were men. But unlike the angel that showed up in front of Daniel with eye, you know, a face of barrel and eyes like lightning, and he threw himself onto the ground, scared for his life, shivering and shaking and terrified. And the angel said, fear not, beloved of God. <laughs> so then... A little bit of homework takes us to this interesting tidbit of information. This is a, a writing inside of Wikipedia, and I know there's some crooked articles inside of Wikipedia, and I know it's used to control the masses and there's bad things, but not, but there's also like tens of thousands, if not hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of articles on here written by different authors, and they're not all evil. Okay, being said, because it's written, these are... Each individual article is is maintained by either one or two people or a small group of people. Okay, so it's really a pantheon of humans that make up the authorship of the articles that are on uh, Wikipedia. So to go and blame the owners or the founding fathers of Wikipedia and say, you're evil, you're doing what Klaus Schwab says to do and all this other stuff, it, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. All right, now. I'm reading to you a, an article about Oregon, O-R-I-G-E-N. Oregon was one of the original founding fathers of the Roman Catholic Church. All, he, he was, he, you know, think Nicene Council. Who was a Nicene Council? They were the ones who chose our 66-book canon. Do I trust them? No, I don't. Why not? Think about who they are. I think I've said enough. Case closed. Jury dismissed. Now then, I'm going to read to you this excerpt about Oregon. Excuse me. A concept of pre-existence was advanced by Oregon. A second and third century, by the way, if it says second century, you know what that means? From zero, from when Jesus was born, to 100 years later. That's the second century. The 19th century is the 1800s. The 20th century is the 1900s. You have to reverse, go back to the prior 100 years to figure it out. So if it's from the second century, it means the year, the 100 years that Paul was walking around on the earth. That's the second century, the first 100 years. 
and third century church father. Okay, so he, so he was obviously alive during the end of the first 100 years and the beginning of the second 100 years after Jesus left the earth. Oregon believed that each human soul was created by God. Yay! <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, I love it now. Of course, he doesn't take into consideration the blue blood and the can't land again and all other. That's okay. Let's let's just glean off the really cool stuff. It goes on at some time prior to conception. Hey, I want to read that again. Oregon believed that each human soul was created by God at some time prior to conception, prior to being born in the womb, which, by the way, would support Psalm 139, verse 16, and a gazillion other verses where, you know, Jesus knew us before the foundations of the earth and all that kind of stuff. Says, it says, he wrote that already one of his predecessors had interpreted the scripture to teach pre-existence, which seemed to be a reference to the Jewish philosopher Philo. Some scholars, including John Baer and Marquette Harrell, argued that this idea condemned by the church may have been taught by some later organists, and the, not organists, dun, da, 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 da. that's an organist. What they're talking about is people who followed Oregon. But that Oregon himself was orthodox in this regard in this regard and never used terms like terms such as pre existence of souls or pre existent intellects. And that Oregon was talking about realities outside of time and not about a any concept of temper. Uh, temporality before our time. In other words, he did not believe like I believe that we were part of the Luciferian Rebellion and the Angel Wars. He actually believed that our pre-existence was, I don't know, spiritual-esque in, in its manner. Okay, he goes on, he says, such orthodox, uh, sort, uh, such orthodox understandings of Oregon also show up in uh, Maximus the Confessor and in the idea of a a temporal fall, as taught by Christian theologians Sergei Bulgakov and David Bentley Hart. Church fathers Tertullian and Jerome held to the trans uh, traducianism and creationism, respectively. And pre-existence was condemned as a heresy by the Second Council of Constantinople in 553 A.D., which, of course, they're the same. These are the th same. They're the ones who killed the heretics known as the Bogomils, where, you know, so many incredible believers, uh, some of the founding fathers of our early scriptures uh, were born. I mean, it's it's amazing. Tyndale. Tyndale. There you go. All right. Oregon referenced Romans 9, 11 through 14 as evidence for his position. Quote, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to the election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. So here we, we clearly see an anomaly which Zen Garcia loves to quote, and it's so appropriate. How is it that God hated Esau and loved Jacob? 
there's really no argument for it. It wasn't over the porridge. So anyway, it's it, it's it's deeper than that. So anyway, it goes on. Oregon argued that God could not love Jacob and hate Esau until Jacob had done something worthy of love, and Esau had done something worthy of hatred. And so the passage means only that Jacob and Esau had not yet done good or evil in this life, and their conduct before this life was the reason that Esau would serve Jacob. Brilliant. And there's others. There's a, there's other scriptures too. Once you catch on, you start seeing stuff like crazy. It's absolutely unbelievable and super awesome, cool. All right, so that's very very important to get your arms around because it establishes uh, a, an enormous, a fantastic, a fantabulous, and amazing precedence for our pre-existence. Now, if that isn't cool enough, let's take a look at what I read. Um, let me scroll down and see if I got this. Oh, okay. No, that's for later. Okay, so I'll pull that up. That's for later. Now I'm going to go ahead and read to you what I read on uh, two prayer vigils ago. And this was Captain Dale Black in uh, an excerpt from his book, When He Was Taken to Heaven, in his book, Flight to Heaven. <clears throat> and I'm going to read to you this little excerpt. He talks all about the colors of the rainbow and the outer wall of of the city of God and how gorgeous it was and the multicolors and the tall, majestic, angelic beings that stood to the right side of the gate. He never actually entered into the gate. He talks all about it, and it's it just it's uh, it made I, I bawled when I was reading it. I was I, it was just so gorgeous and wonderful. And when he was on the show and tried to quote that part of his book, he just broke down. He he boohooed really hard. I mean, he could not continue. And then I picked it up. I was following along, and I read that I read one of you know some of the stuff that I I read a lot. So anyway, um, uh, now I'm going to read the part where he talks about this strange thing that happened to him as he was standing outside of these amazing gates to the city of God. He says, I was immersed in music and light and in love. Vibrant life permeated everywhere. Hold on. Suddenly got cold in my office. I had to turn my little fan off. Okay, he said... All these weren't just around me. They were inside of me. And it was wonderful. More wonderful than anything I had ever experienced. It felt as if I belonged there. I didn't want to leave. Ever. It was as if this place, like I had been searching for it all of my life to find, and now I had found it. My search was over. Ah, then the mystery. A smaller group of people in soft white robes had congregated to my left in the lush green grass just off the roadway. It now seemed as if the music was orchestrating the event, moving people in their proper places. They had just arrived and were waiting in the wings, on time and in place, as if they followed a director's cue. Who are these people, I wondered, and why are they here? I suddenly, as I had wondered, I'm sorry, as suddenly as I had wondered, the answer came. They were here for me. Wherever had they, um, wherever they had traveled from and however far they had traveled, they had traveled here for me. 
the looks on their faces, their excitement at seeing me, at welcoming me, was overwhelming. I felt so special, so loved. I had never felt such deep sense of belonging. They radiated profound joy at seeing me. Everyone smiled. Their eyes were warm and kind. Their hearts so filled with unconditional love it spilled out of them onto me. No one was recognizable as an earthly acquaintance. All seemed remarkably familiar. I didn't know these people, but somehow I knew they were my family, my spiritual family, my brothers, my sisters, spanning generations. Although I didn't know them, somehow they knew me. They knew Dale. They knew my name. And they knew the real me, not the one I tried to project on earth. They not only knew my name, but somehow they knew the story behind my name. I was unaccustomed to such love and acceptance. I began to understand that this love is what God had designed for me from the beginning. And these people had come to welcome me, include me and communicate with me. And I was a valuable part of the family of God. I had never felt so loved in my life. Yet I had never done anything for these people. This was unconditional love. They were vessels of God's love, both individually and collectively. He didn't know any of them from earth. He had never seen a one of them before. But they were all gushing with joy, overflowing with love for him. And he knew that they were part of his spiritual family. Well, where did they come from? What were they doing on heaven? How did they know Dale? He didn't know them. The answer is simple. They knew Dale since before he got sent to earth to die like a man. People have pointed to the scripture incorrectly so and said, Well, that can't be true, you see, because the Bible says it was appointed to a man to die once and then face judgment. It was appointed to a man, not to the minor God that was incarnated into the man. Because remember, we are spirit. And royalty in the universe of being. And in Genesis 2-7, the Lord God, our Father, breathed the spirit of God into the nostrils of Adam. Wonder why that didn't happen to the man and woman creature in Genesis 1. No sign of any spirit there. But there sure was with Adam in Genesis 2-7. And so was it at each of our conception 
For that's how we as minor gods die like a man. Die like a man being. The light being of love got caught in a bad place at the wrong time in a war in the heavens that was enormous. Satan, who was Lucifer at the time, was going from fiery stone to fiery stone. He was covering a lot of territory. How many parsecs of the universe, how many galaxies do you think he covered? How big was the morning star office? How many parsecs of the universe do you think it was? How many billions and billions of beings were working under Lucifer at the time? that the angel wars broke out, that Lucifer decided he was going to play God, that he was going to make his own decisions, that he was going to create things when he wasn't authorized to, that he was going to do all sorts of stuff, that he was going to start taking over large parts of the universe because he got sick and tired of following after God. And then the Bible says a mystery. It says, and then sin was found in him. Why wouldn't God have already known about it? Why did sin have to be found in Lucifer? Because somebody when the angel wars broke out, went to the heavenly office of God and said, there's a war. Lucifer has started a war. There are planets being blown up. The Van Allen belt, all kinds of things that is absolutely horrible. And as there's an untold number of galaxies that are involved in it. He's going from star system to star system. It's utter pandemonium. And Michael the archangel gathered together all of the, all of the angels from, that were assigned to, 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 to the uh, planets of heaven uh, and planet heaven where our heavenly father has the city of the living God, Mount Zion. Hebrews 12:22, and they and they brought together all the most powerful angels and archangels, and they and 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 and, and Michael led the way, and they flew right into the wars, and the wars in the heavens actually happened. They were real. They were very much like George Lucas, like Star Wars, like Star Trek, like all these things that we've been born. Why were we born in this generation to begin with? Why did I grow up sitting Indian style on a shag carpet from the 1970s, watching a TV? with a big giant tube in it, Star Trek, holy moly, and how come Gene Roddenberry sat in a room with Phyllis Schlemmer, who is talking uh, 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 to the Council of Nine, okay, who said that they were the gods in the ancient Hebrew text. They could have said the ancient Buddhist text. They could have said the ancient Vedic text. They could have said the ancient Japanese text. They could have said the ancient anything text. But no, they told Phyllis Schlemmer that they were the gods the Elohim that were in the ancient Hebrew text while um, uh, uh, Gene Roddenberry was sitting in the room taking notes for Star Trek. But, you know, I'm sure that was just a coincidence. Why did Dale Black stand outside the pearly gates of heaven in absolute awe while this 
huge group of people he had never seen before, ever on earth, utterly in love with him. He couldn't place them. He had no idea why they loved him. How did they know his name? Why were they gushing with love? What's up with that? Where did they come from? I think we know. All right, praise God. So I'm going to go ahead and erase the Dale Block piece. Oh, and I do have a little note here. <clears throat> Want to watch my time. Okay, so um, also we have the testimony of uh, Sister Shuri Welsh. Um, and uh, we, we had her visit the program two times. Fascinatingly, same thing happened to her. Yep, believe it or not. Same exact thing happened to her. When she arrived in heaven, taken there by two angels, completely blown away by the experience, she was surrounded, I mean just absolutely surrounded with people all over heaven just bringing her gift after gift after gift after gift after gift. And she said as she was opening them, she was blown away. She was absolutely blown away because it was all these things, these gifts were just custom made for her. They knew her. They knew her, but she had never seen them before. There was bunches of them, and they were in love with her, and they wanted to hug her. They wanted to be a part of her. They wanted, And, and it was exactly the same thing that happened to Dale. Happened to Sherry. Where did they meet before? Wasn't on Earth. Okay, so then, so let me go ahead and erase the little line here with Sherry so that I can keep track of where I am. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm watching the time. Angel Wars, Minor God, Ophanim, the Elect. Okay, in the election process. That is going to take about 30 minutes to describe, probably. Okay. Now, I am going to mention, but to save time, I'm going to watch myself, and I'm not going to play. But please do remember, if you go back in time and go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash tribulation dash now, you're going to have to scroll back probably two pages, maybe three, and you're going to find a radio show that mentions Odin Hedrick's trip to heaven. I don't know what the exact title is, but I mean, come on, his name is Odin, O-D-E-N. It's a pretty unique name. Odin Hedrick, you know, trip to heaven or whatever, okay? It's in the title of the show, blogtalkradio.com forward slash tribulation dash now and scroll back a couple of pages and find the last Odin Hetrick radio show. And you will hear audio snippet number 10 and audio snippet number 13. Audio snippet number 10 was when Odin was inside of a mansion and Jesus was there with them with some other people in the room, and it was an absolutely gorgeous room. can only imagine. And they were passing around a silver platter with hors d'oeuvres on it. And he said they were absolutely scrumptious that words could not describe. And he said that when you, would take an, when you take one of the hors d'oeuvres off the silver platter, another one would just appear in its place. 
And he said he heard this beautiful music, and he looked over his shoulder behind him, and there were two little beings, that's B-E-I-N-G-S, beings, that he could not identify, playing all the music. Okay? Also, in in audio bite number 13, Odin explains that he was in his city mansion and he was taken down and how beautiful it was and that there was like a, a, a river or, you know, a crystal, crystal river-like creek going right through this particular room and there were gemstones and as the water went over them, it played music and it was incredible. And then he was taken by the Spirit of God into another room nearby and uh, when the door opened, he went, Ha! Huh! Because he saw in front of him two beings, one a male and one a female. And he said, Spirit of God, take me away from this place. I do not belong here. And the Spirit of God said to Odin, not until you learn your lesson. Do you suppose those beings were indigenous to Earth? Do you suppose those beings were indigenous to heaven? I would submit emphatically the answer would be no for each question. So where were they from? Which parsec? Which fiery stone? Which of the trillions of galaxies? A man and a woman beings. And Odin was afraid. And God said, you're staying until you learn your lesson. Now then... There is, uh, there are those like Dr. Jerry Lee, also like um, my precious brother Zen Garcia, who I have the utmost of respect for and greatest admiration. Um, and we've done gazillions, untold number of shows. I have no idea. So many shows, so many shows together. I really don't have any idea how many. But anyway, um, Dr. Jerry Lee, who is now in heaven. And I read some stuff about the creations of the convoluted side flying around in ziths, and he gives you quotations and stuff. And these are the locusts. I didn't, what I did not tell you is that I got a confirmation from the Lord that the locust creatures look exactly like, and I know other people say other things, and that's fine. And sometimes they even come on the show and they say other things, and that's fine too. I am not going to interrupt them. It has nothing to do with whether people go to heaven or not. And if they want to believe that Mickey Mouse is this or that, or, or whatever they saw was this, that, or the other thing, it's okay. I'm not going to interrupt them. They can say it. It's all right. But I am here to tell you that those locusts in Chapter 9 of Revelation look just like the alien creatures from the movie Prometheus and from the uh, 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 three series of movies with Sigourney Weaver in them called Aliens in the 1980s. Okay, those mantis-like creatures are the locusts. 
and God confirmed it for me. Not only had I put up put it up in an article on Tribulation Now, and it had been there for years and years and years and years and years, but I also uncovered the fact that there was a man by the name of Matt Geiger, who was a Satanist, and a Satanist, and he was the one that was hired by Hollywood to create that being for the t- the uh, movie series with Sigourney Weaver entitled Aliens. Okay, and he was well known for not even be, being able to sleep with himself at night because of the horrific dreams that he received from Satan. And he wrote this book about something, the Necromonicon. Now, it wasn't uh, the main author, but he, it was a supporting book. These are very dark people. And then, about five years later, I happened to accidentally, because that's how it always happens, it's always accidentally, uh, stumble across this woman on Facebook, and you know how, how? I don't know. I don't have any idea how I saw it. And she's proclaiming. I even have a snapshot of it. I was so shocked that I saw it, and I took a snapshot of it, you know, to make sure it didn't get away from me. And I saved it. And I have it inside my many, many, many Word documents. And she said, the Lord showed me the locusts in Revelation chapter 9. And they look exactly like the creatures in the movie Prometheus. Which, by the way, are the same creatures that are in Sigourney Weaver's Aliens. Now then, that's what the locusts look like. All right, so let's go ahead and get... Now, Brother Zen and Dr. Jerry Lee had, had both had something strongly in common, and both of them were heavy readers of the Apocrypha, and they still are today, and the Pseudo-Apigrapha. Okay? Now, I do not discredit anything... I don't say, hey, I, don't, I believe in that, and I don't believe in that, and I believe in that, and I don't believe in that, and I believe in that, and I don't believe in that. For example, the Apocrypha talks about two bearded Hebrews standing on a street corner in Tel Aviv reading fire out of their mouth for three and a half years, and I say that that is not true. It's not going to happen. That's where the concept of the two witnesses came from, from the Apocrypha. Now, I am not ruling out the possibility, and I do mean an exceedingly remote possibility, probably one that's so infinitesimally small it would be used for calculating the diameter of a quark. But anyway, that being said, and this is just a matter of my own opinion, I do not buy it. And I, I've already covered this. I've had uh, Pastor Carl Gallops on the radio show two different times, and we covered this in extremely great detail. Those would be great shows to bring up a second time uh, as uh, best of shows. Praise God. But anyway, in the Apocrypha and Pseudo-Epigrapha, if you do a deep dive study on that stuff, which I did not, which I did not, I'm, I'm the outlier here. Zen is the heavy reader in that area. So is Dr. Jerry Lee, who is in heaven now. Okay, and both of them spend, uh, who knows how many thousands, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours reading all of that material. And they have, and both of them came to the conclusion that we used to be Ophanim angels, Ophanim angels, O P H A N I M, Ophanim. Now, I do not subscribe to that. Simple as that. Now, does that make me a bad guy? No, it just means that I'm hanging out with the sixty-six book canon, and. My Bible says that our Heavenly Father said, 
that, you know, I judge amongst the mighty, I judge amongst the gods, little g gods. And ye shall die like men. Have I not said that you are all servants of the Most High, sons of God, but you will die like a man, in a man body. You will incarnate at birth, or at, at uh, conception. So when that little sperm connects with the egg, bam, in comes the spirit of the living God. That's one of the reasons why Romans chapter 1 says that none of us have any excuse. All of us that are part of the Adamic bloodline, I'm not talking about the blue bloods. I'm not talking about the serpent seed. I'm not talking about the land of Canaan. The people from the land of Canaan weren't even from this earth. A lot of people try to discredit the Bible because they say, well, you know, the lineage is all dorked up because, you know, how did, um, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, who, who did uh, – oh, gosh. Um, so you got um, – well, I'm dropping a bit right here. But they make the claim that there had to be another civilization out there because otherwise, you know, the lineage doesn't support the idea of um, – uh, um, oh, uh, oh, it's um, – Oh, 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 I'm sorry. My brain is here. I'm looking up for somebody to give me a hint. No, I got that. Let me go back to my inbox. No, I'm looking there. Don't got it from there. Um, hold on a second. Um, uh, of, uh, okay, yeah, hold on a second. Who were those? Okay, hold on a second. Oh, yeah, Cain and Abel. Okay. So they make the argument that um, Cain, when he went off, you know, on his own and all that kind of stuff, he couldn't have, you know, had kids and babies and all that kind of stuff because who was going to have any babies with? There wasn't anybody else. Now, see, that's the thing. The people in the land of Canaan were alien-human hybrids. They had been there before the Garden of Eden was injected onto the earth, before the fall of Adam and Eve. So Cain had plenty to go after. Why do you think that God told the Hebrews not to go over and hang out and do, make conjugal visits with the Canaanites? Why do you think they sent in Numbers 13 them, you know, um, all, you know, to destroy every, you know, uh, plant and human and completely wipe them out? All the animals, everything. Because they are, they are alien, hybrid creature, being, plants, animals, the whole thing. Wipe them out. Wipe them out. Wipe them out. That's why. All right. So I wanted to get the opening thing out of the way. Not that it, you know, I'm not, look, I, I'm not putting out five crispy 100 Ben Franklins on the desk and betting anybody, but my Bible says what it says, and I'm sticking with my Bible. If somebody wants to read the Apocrypha and say, look, the Apocrypha says this, and this is what I'm going to believe, that's fine. I just believe that the all of creation and everything that we know about and don't know about is way bigger than that, that, than that which was recorded in the Apocrypha and the Pseudo-Epigrapha. And I know as a fact a lot of the Pseudo-Epigrapha is bunk. All right, now all that being said, um, you know, that's where I stand on it. I stand on the 66-book canon because I have that to work with. And, and, it's, and it's, it's very clear what it says in Psalms 82. All right? Now, I am going to share one last incredible mystery with you. 
do not get a puffed-up head because that'll be a surefire ticket straight to hell. Remember what happened with Smith Wigglesworth when he was sitting in a tent praying in the very front row before the revival, before the divine healing revival started. Okay, this is in his biography. Okay, and he saw this family showing up. It was the first family that showed up. It was a big family, had a bunch of kids and a mom and probably an aunt and a grandmother and a father who was leading the way, tally-ho, and all the little kids trotting along behind. And, and the father points up and says, look, everybody, it. Smith Wigglesworth. It's Smith Wigglesworth. And Smith jumps up on his folding chair and points down at the whole family and says, what are you trying to do? Send me straight to hell. That's a true story, by the way. And he meant every word of it. Because pride send you straight to hell. That's why we are to have a contrite spirit. God saves such as as a contrite spirit. I hold on to no truth. I only believe what I believe that the Lord has shown me through impossible coincidences over 12 years. I invite you in the name of Jesus to please do your own homework. Please pray if you're really interested about this and talk to the Lord. Or I also welcome you, it won't hurt my feelings at all, to toss it all to radio show. Get rid of it if you don't like it. It's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. If I had a, this is a tongue-in-cheek thing, but if I had a dime for every person who's called me all kinds of names and come back three years later and said, holy cow, I can't believe that you were right about everything that you were talking about. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I don't even know who you are, but I still love you. God bless you. Thank you for letting me know. I have a link on tribulation-now.org, and this is not a prideful, boastful thing at all, where I used to just throw testimonies. Got to be pages and pages long. Then I just stopped doing it. Just got too busy. I'm getting old. I mean, I don't even know what I did. Did I sleep on my leg wrong? I thought I was healing. I thought it, the meniscus thing was a thing of the past. And then three days ago, I got up out of bed and I could barely walk. And it didn't even feel like the meniscus thing. It felt like I twisted my leg. I've been hobbling around the last couple of days, putting holy oil on it and commanding it to heal in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm supposed to go on the 12th back to the doctor. What am I supposed to tell him? I'm going to have to tell him the truth. And if it ends, ends me up getting an MRI, then so be it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, I'm actually feeling pretty good, and I can walk around. But I will tell you that if I bend my leg a certain way, it's not going to feel good. But it's okay. I'm not boohooing about it. But this is very important. Whatever you do, treat this next little tidbit of information with the utmost of respect. Whatever you do, do not think for a nanosecond or a fraction of a nanosecond. Not for the tiniest little moment. Do not think that this in any way gives you any guarantees, because it doesn't. It doesn't. Believe me, it doesn't. Because before I even read this to you, I'm going to read to you Luke 12, 47, 48. And then we'll venture into this mystery. Luke 12, 47 says, And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will, 
In other words, if you know what Jesus wants you to be doing, which is in the Bible, it is the Word, and Jesus is the Word, shall be beaten with many stripes. So the person who knew what Jesus had to do, but didn't do it, or prepare himself by becoming intimate, singing songs to him, residing in the secret place of the Most High, telling him, I love you, 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 taking communion in the dark, talking to him, telling him all your little secrets, behaviors that you have that you're worried about that you don't want to do or you think that maybe you shouldn't but you think that maybe it could be okay but you don't know and you have conversations with him and talk to him all day intimacy it's about intimacy it's about deep deep intimacy then you know then it goes on to say in verse uh, 48 it says uh, but he who did not know what Jesus wanted him to do but committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with you. And by the way, this is reflective of um, Revelation chapter 3, the judgment of the uh, report, report card of the church of Laodicea, where Jesus said, I would want for you to be either hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Well, the hot ones are going to be the church of Philadelphia. Praise God. They're the ones that are going to fall in love with Jesus, have an intimate relationship. They're going to be praying always to be found worthy, to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man at the wedding supper. It is going to be the greatest dream of our life. We are going to dream it. We are going to hope it. We are going to speak it forth. We are going to tell Jesus we love him. We are going to pray always. And indeed, I pray in the name of Jesus that every single one of us makes it. I pray in the name of Jesus that every single one of us, and believe you me, I am not you. I am on my knees praying for every single listener of this radio show on a regular basis, okay, very fervently and almost all the time with tears in my eyes. This is not a boast. This is nothing of the sort. This is a responsibility. The Bible tells us, it tells us, we just don't understand. God has been very, very kind to me, and I, you know, and I recognize these things, and it scares me, because the more you know, because you know what it says in, in, in the next verse of Luke 12, 49-ish? Well, it's, it's 48B is what it is. It says, for everyone, everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask all the more. Well, if you're still listening to this radio show, guess which category you just found yourself in. My email is jbaptist777 at gmail.com. And if you need ideas on things that you can do, talents, talents and rewards, wise and foolish, all that kind of stuff, feel free to write me. I'll be blessed. All right. But also don't forget, Scripture in 1 Samuel 12, verse 23 says, Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Does that verse apply to you too? So who are the elect? Is every Christian on the earth the elect? What is the elect? What's that mean? There's all these references. Therefore is the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, loving kindness. Uh, it's just amazing. But who are they? Is every Christian on the earth the elect? When Semi Mwangi goes over to Rwanda and he finds an ancient tribe and he walks up and he pulls the chiggers out of their feet and they, and they give their lives to Jesus, are they the elect? I'm not picking on anybody. 
I'm not pointing to any civilization, any skin color, because let me tell you, that would be damnation and hellfire for me, and I would never do that, because that is ridiculous. Not how it works. There are elect of all 195 countries, 243 if you count the island nations. There are elect of God all over the world. But who are they? And why are they called the elect? Well, you know, I, things that I wonder about, God has a strange way of telling me eventually. Sometimes it, sometimes it comes in bits and pieces and bursts. Like the three raptures, I wrote an article called um, uh, Multi-Phased Rescue Mission back in like 2011 or something. Um, and God since then has confirmed it. We'll just say three ways this Sunday to save time. How about, how about that? So it's been confirmed so many times. And, uh, you know, I wrote that article 12 years ago, pretty much. Um, so God has an interesting way, like 11-11. He confirmed that. First watch, have you heard that testimony? And the key, what, what did the key fit from the first watch key? How many people out there have a first watch key on the keychain? And does that make me special? Does that mean that I'm not going to get cast into hellfire if I don't pull my ducks in a row? Does that mean I might miss the bar- barley harvest or I'm guaranteed to trip out in the first? No, it doesn't mean any of that. It's for all of us because we're all part of the body of Christ. That's why I really struggle with people who say, well, I need the Lord to tell me it's okay to release this information. I'm like, well, then you're not reading the same Bible I'm reading. But that's okay. That's their business. That's their relationship. Let every man seek his own salvation with fear and trembling. I, for one, am part of the body of Christ. And nothing God has given me belongs to me. Nothing God has given David Wilkerson belongs to him or the Times Square Church. The very utterance of the word copyright in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is an offense. It's an affront to God. There, I've said it. Hallelujah. So I'm sitting there, you know, and the Lord knows when I'm wondering about things, and he shows me stuff. Usually in bite-sized chunks, and usually with confirmations that are spread two, three, four, five years or more apart. When I wrote the first article claiming that the locust in the Aliens movies were the actual locust in Revelation 19, it, or 9, it wasn't till almost eight or nine years later till the Lord showed me the testimony from that woman on Facebook to confirm it. Now, I was sitting in the dark, by myself with the Lord and I opened up my olive tree Bible software that I have on my Android and it came over me I don't know from I don't know what happened or why I'm not going to claim that the Holy Spirit or an archangel showed up I'm not going to do like everybody oh well this and oh well that no I'm not going to say anything all of a sudden don't know why. I felt like looking at what the elect meant. So I went. I went to Colossians, where it says, I think it's Colossians 3.12, Therefore is the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on this, put on that. And I went there and I took my little olive tree software with my advanced Strong's 
Bible Dictionary, Enhanced Strong's Bible Dictionary, that's included with the olive tree setup and everything, and it's fabulous. Awesome. And if you touch and if you get it and you buy several different translations, because that's how they make their money, you know, $10 here, $10 there, it's a really good deal. But when you touch the actual verse number and you highlight it pink, it highlights it pink in every translation. Tell me that ain't cool. Oh, and you get a free PC app, too, completely free, and it's all highlighted there, too. It don't get no more cool than that. So anyway, I said, I just felt led. I felt led to find out what's the elect all about. Now, we had had Zen on the show, and he explained, well, the election, there was an election process, you see, and we, we hashed it around and kicked it about, but it never really, it just didn't answer the question. I just didn't feel like I knew what I needed to know. So there I sat in the dark, and I discovered when I touched the word, because I happen to be using a new King James Plus Strongs, it pops up the Enhanced Strongs and Bible Dictionary of Olive Tree, and it says, and I'm going to read it to you, it said that it's Greek 1588. It says that the word is eklektos, says select, or by implication, favorite, chosen, elect, but it expands it. It says, one, picked out, chosen, chosen by God to obtain salvation through Christ, and Christians are called um, elect, and it gets better. It says, picked out, chosen, chosen by God to obtain salvation. Then it says, number two, it says, listen to this. It's better. The Messiah in called elect as appointed by God to the most exalted office conceivable. Number three, choice. The elect means choice. Select the best of its kind or class. Excellence, preeminent, applied to certain individual Christians. I'm going to say that last part one more time. Applied to certain individual Christians. do on that one. Why would that be? I'm going to use this analogy. I've used it before, but I'm going to use it now. Imagine being in a war across galaxies. And you're assigned as whatever type of a being that you are. You're subordinate to Lucifer, and you're part of trillions of angelic sons of God. Were you like the sons of Arcturus? Maybe so. What did you look like? Did you look like you look now a little bit? Maybe. Maybe. But you were obviously involved in the Luciferian rebellion. 
you were obviously at that time part of the Morning Star office. And we do not know how big that is. It could have been hundreds of galaxies. And there were planets being destroyed. And that is why the Van Allen belt exists in this solar system, because a planet was destroyed. A planet was destroyed. Why in the world, in all the universes, would we, some of us, be preeminent? the best of its kind or class applied to certain individual Christians. And I'm going to explain to you why. In the last episode of Seinfeld, one of the most popular comedies ever done on television, the cast was standing across the street watching a man getting robbed and beaten. And they sat there and they cracked jokes, made fun of it, And they got caught doing so by a police officer. And the series ended with them all in jail. Because none of them did anything about it. Remember Lucifer? Until sin was found in him. God did not know about the angel wars until somebody went to heaven and reported it. So when we sit on the fence as a human being and we don't take sides, not only is it punishable by law, but so is it so it is in the universes. So even if we weren't involved, even if we weren't involved at all in any of the horrible things that were happening over that time, millions of years maybe longer. We don't know. But by virtue of not even taking sides, we were guilty. Let's examine this. Imagine you're going out with some of your friends. You're at a much younger age than you are now. Because if you're 25 years old, you're probably not listening to this show. Let's pretend that you were in your 20s and you have one, two, three, four, five. You have six friends. Six friends. And you go out and do all kinds of fun things together. And one of them has a nice Chrysler Pacifica. And it has the driver's seat, the passenger seat. Then it has the row behind it. And then it has one more row behind it. Now, I might have another one, and I don't care about that. I just need three rows. Now, the row behind the driver and passenger seat has a window that you can look out. Two of your friends are in those seats, but you are in the back seat with your other friend. And you can't see out. The Pacifica pulls up and hits the brakes outside of a liquor store at 2 o'clock in the morning, the driver, some acquaintance, and the passenger jump out, and 
you see they have machine guns in their hands. And they go running into the store, and you hear and people screaming and glass breaking all over the place. And then they come running back in, and they jump back into the Pacifica, and they drive away as fast as they can. They're driving down the road, driving down the road as fast as they can, breaking, running every red light. they got police cars coming after. It's just like San Bernardino. Woo, 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 woo. Six, seven, eight cars coming down. You'd think that somebody, you know, you'd, uh, whatever. And anyway, and, and then they're pulled over. Maybe a tire gets blown. Maybe they run over something, whatever the case is, but they get taken to jail. All, all six of you get taken to jail. The two people in the front that had the machine guns that murdered people into the liquor store that, that actually performed the robbery. <coughs> Excuse me. The two people right behind them that had the glass in the window that were able to see the robbery taking place but did not pick up their cell phone and did not dial 911. They just sat there and watched it in awe, in shock, in horror, whatever their emotions were, but not one of them hit 911 on their phone. And you and your friend, who did not have a window, saw all of this stuff happening, and you're absolutely horrified. You're absolutely horrified. You can't believe that you're now in jail. What's going to happen to you? Your life is ruined. This one bad mistake getting into that Chrysler Pacifica on that fateful Friday night has ruined your life, has ruined all of your dreams. And the judge that's assigned your case, we'll call him Judge Yavael. He's holy, holy, holy. And he obeys his own rules that were created before the angels, that were created before time. He's very holy. And there are mandatory sentencing guidelines for those that had the machine guns and committed murder and robbery. That's a done deal. They're twice dead. They're never getting out. They're going to face 50 consecutive life sentences. The people in the seat behind them were, well, kind of trapped in the car, maybe. They were definitely in shock, but they didn't dial 911. And you and your friend were in the third seat back, and you were just freaking out and had no way to get out of the vehicle, even if you wanted to. But all four of you are accessories to the crime. But after the trial, you're found guilty, and you are going to have to die like men. But because the two in the seat right behind with the glass that didn't call 911, because they are a little bit more guilty, could see everything happening, didn't call 911, they're going to a different sentencing hearing than you are. You are going to another sentencing hearing. 
do you worry about the other two? No, no, not really. You're pretty worried about yourself and your friend and all that, and, you, and your sentencing hearing is right around the corner. And you go into the courtroom, and there is Judge Javael with a fearsome look on his face. And he says, because of this, that, and the other thing, and this, and that, and the other thing, I have decided to take it relatively easy on you, too. Your choices of reconciliation, your choices of redemption before the courts, are you are either going to spend 180 days working every weekend at Metropolitan Ministries, or you're going to spend 180 days every weekend wearing orange and picking up trash along Interstate 4 between Tampa and Orlando. Or you're going to have to go to the food kitchen and you're going to have to feed the, the starving people on the other side of Sly Avenue at the uh, Assembly of God for Jesus ministry. Which one do you elect? Which one of those punishments do you elect? The elect of God. Now then, what does that make? Luke 48b become for all of us. For everyone to whom much is given from him or her, much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him or her, they Who's they? The courts of heaven will ask all the more. All the more. The election process. The option given to the very few select of us to elect some part of our existence here on the earth. What, what all did we get to choose? I don't know. But we did. So when people say, I've been to heaven, I've talked to the angels, and everybody is jealous of us because we're here at a time when everyone wished they could be here, and we're looking at our lives in the flesh, and we're going, oh, no, I'm going to have to wake up another day tomorrow. Where's my Alteril? Where's my Valerian route? I can't believe it. Oh, I got a meeting at 8 o'clock. You know? Because we're looking at it in the flesh. We don't realize how unbelievably blessed we are. And I'm going to close with this one little thing. A vision of a pastor's mansion 
by a person who was taken to heaven. And he was, this person was taken over the top of heaven, accompanied by an angel. And he said, I saw a very gorgeous mansion, and then a certain man was coming out of it. I knew that he had been a pastor on the earth. But in heaven, they, the angels, told me, the reason why he had a large and beautiful mansion in heaven was primarily his giving. His giving and helping the needy and the poor and his praying. These were what provided the materials for his mansion in heaven. See you at the Friday night prayer vigil, Lord willing. God bless you all. children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.